Welcome to and Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And he's able to leap tall buildings without mussing up that perfect spit curl. We're looking at Superman. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Joe, how are you doing today? Jeff, I'm well. How are you? I also am well. It, it's been beautiful out lately. Yep. We've been enjoying that sunshine. Uh, it's starting to feel like summer. I like it that it doesn't quite feel like summer yet, I will admit. Yes, the heat has not become oppressive no, yet. No, 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 no. Uh, listener, real quick, if you've been enjoying the show, uh, whether it be our previous episodes or you've just been enjoying this banter about the heat, the Ooh, summer heat. This scintillating <laughs> weather talk. I want to know more. <laughs> Please subscribe to And Almost Starring wherever you get your podcast and maybe consider dropping us a rating and review wherever you are able to do so. It's so stupid, but it helps so much. It sure does. Now, our episode today is a listener request from John. Thank you so much for emailing us, John, because uh, I had never seen this movie before. And uh, if you, listener, want to request a film, email us at endalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. So let's get into it. Superman came out on December 15th, 1978, and was directed by Richard Donner and written by Mario Puzo, David Newman, Leslie Newman, and Robert Benton. I gotta say that Mario Puzo, that was a shock. That was a surprise. When that came across the screen. The Godfather's Mario Puzo. Yeah, I was like, squeeze me? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Amy Jo, what is your experience with Superman? Had you seen it before? I had. It had been a long time. I, I mean, I saw this, the last time I remember watching it was at a lock-in I believe at the like it was like a NASA space camp themed like lock-in weekend at a museum so but I think I was there with maybe with my Girl Scout troop I remember my friend Andrea and I were there and I was Andrea then later got to go do real space camp in Houston like because NASA's based in Houston so she like actually went to space camp and had like all the patches and as a, a child jacket. that was a dream every time that would show up is like you know yeah. that's the main prize on legends of the hidden temple or yeah. whatnot it's like space camp she lived that space dream camp. i did a weekend lock-in and you know what it's still pretty <laughs> at cool a, at a museum it was probably just one that night sounds like your jam that sounds like that'd be your jam today oh it would, it, absolutely <laughs> I, it's like so expensive to do it at the national history at natural history museum but i want to go sleep mm-hmm. under that whale <laughs> um but yeah so it was playing i mean there's all sorts of like you know we were doing like sciencey stuff during the day, but this is my strongest memory of that what weekend. What kind of sciencey stuff was this? Like touching the little electro ball that makes your hair stand on end, or like what? What, what was the level of I don't, uh, science, Jeff? Science. I'm telling you, the thing I most vividly remember from this mm-hmm. weekend was like running around at night and watching Superman in one of the rooms. Like they had, they had this movie on. Like they rolled out a TV on a stand because it oh, was the, the 90s. TV on the stand. Because I was, I would have been in elementary school. So this has been like early 90s. And uh, yeah, we watched this movie, a bunch of us. I mean, it wasn't like a requirement. We weren't sitting, you know, there are people doing other things, but I was like, I can just sit and watch a film. That will be what I do with my evening. Yeah. That feels like the more interesting. I'm just picturing it as like NASA trying to recruit kids of, uh, and this is to show you Superman. Like, look, Superman flies. You could fly Superman's through space. Also from space. He's also from space. If you if you become an astronaut, maybe you'll meet Superman. Hey, um, so that's like my most vivid memory from that weekend and of watching this film. I do not think I'd seen it since. since. So this was like 
kind of like watching a new with some minor like the vague oh, right. back of the mind exactly. memory exactly like, as you'd see things and be like this i recall right, right, now, right, 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 but right. never could have before seeing it again and having jogging the memory exactly yeah i hear you and yeah i'd never seen it i was just uh it was a blind a spot for boy. me. I was a Batman boy. I loved that Batman. I loved that Spider-Man. Um, you didn't care about the Superman. I, I didn't care much for the Superman. Now I've from seen... Cri- I from watched, Planet Krypton. From Krypton. Uh, I did watch a ton of Smallville, though, when it came out. It was also like when I was hitting the age of like, okay, I want to be seeing these superheroes. I was not interested in revisiting a film from the 70s at that point. Uh, not that I was like snobby about it, but it just felt like, why would I go out of my way? Like I saw that Superman returns in theaters, boring. I saw man of steel in theaters. Dreadful for me. I've not seen a single Superman feature, um, that has come out in my lifetime. And I watched like four or five seasons of Smallville before giving up and and learning that it went on for like a full decade, which is bananas. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I never seen it, but, uh, so glad I did. I, I enjoyed much of it. Uh, I have some questions. We got some questions. But it was a very enjoyable watch. Definitely. Uh, So spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Superman or haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. And if we wanted to keep it really brief, we could just say what H- how HBO Max, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the, <laughs> the little, like, little blurb, which was just Jor-El of Krypton sends his baby to Earth where he grows up as Clark Kent and works at the Daily Planet. And that's it. No, no mention of fight and crime. Before no we mention hit of play Superman. on that. He's just an alien who travels to Earth to work at a mid-level I was like, if newspaper. The, <laughs> if the title weren't here, which gives us, to be fair, a lot of info, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, what would you think this movie was? <laughs> <laughs> I I would love if this was like an all the president's men riff and you're like deep throat was actually an oh, alien. That's why he had all this info. This intel. Uh, That's how he was able to get him to talk. That's how he got him to talk. <laughs> um, no. So, but in reality, for our brief ish, increasingly less brief as we go, <laughs> synopsis uh, on the planet Krypton, as Marlon Brando likes to pronounce I, uh, it. We could not stop saying because everyone else says Krypton, but he goes Krypton. Krypton. But it's like everyone's saying Lex Luthor. Luthor, yes. except for guess then someone I'm hearing it, I'm like, oh, I guess that is how it's often spelled. Pronounced. But but Gene Hackman doesn't he say I'm Lex Luthor at one point? Well, Gene Hackman, he's doing whatever he wants. He showed up to set like that. <laughs> he, you know, and he's doing his Gene Hackman thing. He's very enjoyable, but I don't think he cared so much about making sure his the pronunciation of his name was, was correct mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I everyone mean, else mr luthor right like he was like i'm not shaving my head and i don't want to be in makeup having a bald cap on so just slap a wig on my hair and let's call it a day or make my hair just look like a wig because i'm not i'm here not for this chicanery. to do that right 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 uh, so on the planet Krypton, Jor-El of the Kryptonian High Council oh discovers boy. that the planet will be destroyed when its sun goes supernova. And they're all just like, don't tell everyone. He's like, fine, I won't tell. It's like, they're going to learn. It's like, to what end? To what point? Well, because they, they think it's not like, actually going to happen. I know, but they cut to the sun like, <laughs> it's, it just looks like a volcano is erupting. Yeah. All this like lava is pouring down They're so advanced as a society, but they somehow miss the incredibly visible lava field. And just there was advancing. no backup plan. It's like if you can't, you couldn't find another planet to go hop onto or something to stop this. Uh, you know, you know, it's very, it's, it's just global warming hey, today. Unfortunately, true. it does that's feel true. very, it's a very relevant apt metaphor. people that are just like, just stop telling people that the world is going to, you're right. Actually, I Although it feels it ridiculous when it's like, yes, but it's the thing that we can all see that is coming towards us that um, is I can about to explode. Absolutely, like visually, like point to it. 
Right. Uh, the other council members dismiss his claims, and to save his infant son, Kalel, Jorel sends him in a spaceship to Earth that looked very much like that spaceship should have been topping the Rockefeller tree. Absolutely. <laughs> big, beautiful Christmas tree topper. Uh, moments before Krypton's sun explodes, destroying the planet. The ship lands near Smallville, Kansas, and Kalel, now three years old because he aged in that spaceship, learning all of the like a lot of questions about sustenance um you know just just a lot of like survival how for you know how maybe Kry- kryptonians don't need to eat maybe it's like when he gets to earth now is like because he's the sun our yellow sun makes him but then have he says he eats when he's hungry eat. well but he needs to because he's like living on earth now that okay. now earth his body's adjusted to like sure food, sure maybe. sure i don't know or he likes food but doesn't need it there's or a maybe lot the spaceship that this- Maybe it was like those Matrix pods where they're yeah, feeding the babies with the dead people thought. and Marlon Brando just stuffed some dead Kryptonians in there to juice them for his baby. I don't know. You can't see my face, listener, but it's not I'm happy. making one. It's not happy to imagine that. Um, there, I will say it's the first of many, um, let's call it plot holes, where yeah. it's just like, or questions that I'm like, well... I already can't believe it took 48 minutes before we get to Christopher Reeve. Like That's I'm so down true. to like, I don't need more no, I, any I don't. sci-fi gobbledygook to explain how he's getting fed. There's a lot of sci-fi although, gobbledygook although maybe, they could maybe have taken out. I, I could be down with if it's just as he's traveling in the montage as a baby growing to three years old. If you just have like a random like uh, little thing open up on the ship and just like a little milk bottle just like like pops out for him. <laughs> as he gets older, like I didn't hear a banana. He's like uh, eating a Happy Meal. <laughs> oh, a Happy Meal. There you go. Ding. It's like, yeah, your Happy Meal's ready. Oh, boy. Sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, I've already got this toy. Um, <laughs> so Kyle, he's now now three years old and he's found by Jonathan and Martha Kent who are astonished when he lifts their truck and they decide to raise him as their own, naming him Clark, opposed to just, as soon as he lifts that truck, it's like, okay, let's bury him back in the ship, pretend we never <laughs> this saw this. This kid is going back in the meteor Never hole. saw this naked child who just, yeah. This is, this is a, little, I was a little weirded out by this full frontal uh, that was a three-year-old bit, new today. That was a bit much. That was something I was like, oh, we could have gotten the full effect uh, without, without it the being full the, full of, the full frontal effect. Yeah. Uh, I did. It did make me think, though, which I didn't look him up to see. Is like, is this kid credited in this film? Like, did he ever go to act again? Because I like the idea of someone just being like. I've done full frontal. <laughs> well, well, not even that, but just like, yeah, yeah I used to I used to be in movies. I used to act. It's just like, yeah, I'm in Superman. It's like, let's, let's you want to see my, you want to see my little boy penis? <laughs> like, we want to go watch this movie and you could see my, like, my tiny boy wiener uh it's so weird to me it's so weird it was weird it's also weird. The, the kid just like was uh, like he seems grinning. very excited to be naked he seems his hands up he's like woohoo he's like pretty pretty well, enthused. kids don't like to wear clothes so well, you know that's, that probably true. was like finally i'm free <laughs> we flash forward now to like a seven like high school age clark and Old Pa Kent, well, Jonathan tells the, tells him that he must have been given superhuman powers on Earth for a reason and then immediately dies of a heart attack. And I was like, that's it. I couldn't believe that it's like Glenn Ford is Pa Kent that you got like so we're, like, boom is like the but two scenes. And he was out. great. So good. In those two. That's scenes. why I was like, are we going to get like a flashback scene at some point? We get a little uh, like audio from him near the end just repeating yeah. that line of like, you you were put here for a reason, son. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, Oh wow. And he is instantly dead. Yeah. Uh, 18 year old Clark discovers a glowing green crystal in the remains of his spaceship that leads him to the Arctic where a, f- he chucks the crystal into the ice and a fortress of solitude emerges. He goes full. You Elsa. started singing, let it go. <laughs> it is. So let it go. It is him forming his ice castle for him and him alone. A palace on the pole. <laughs> 
and then yes, he builds his uh Superman cave, his Superman cave for just to be hanging out. Uh, where inside a hologram of Jor-El explains Clark's true origins, and then he spends twelve. Very, we couldn't think years. of any better way to then cut to Christopher Reeve. So instead of yeah, instead of it just being like a little montage, and he comes out and and flies away, and suddenly it's Christopher Reeve. I like, need to explain now. Now it'll to be you, twelve years. It'll, it'll take twelve years to explain your powers. I was and like, what about Ma Kent? Why, why has this taken 12 years? Why 12 specifically? Because later he gets a job at Daily Planet and he's like, can you send half my paycheck to Ma Kent? She j- is she still, have you written her at all from the Arctic? It's been 12 years. She probably assumes you're, you're dead. dead. You are super dead. Either that or, or you That farm her. got foreclosed on. That farm is gone, Clark. Yeah. You done goofed, my guy. You done goofed. Yeah, so 12 years of education, uh, whatever that entailed. Flying? Oh, yes. Got to go over flying. That seems gotta the main go over, thing. Yeah, because he doesn't do his laser eyes in this movie. He doesn't do, like, his cold breath. I'm trying to think of Superman powers. I don't now. know any of them. He does a lot of flying, flying and, and a lot strong. of being strong. And being a man of steel. Well, being a man of steel, yes. He gets a crowbar to the head, and he's just like, ha-ha. Whatever. Uh, and yes, and then I mean, maybe it was also sewing lessons of how he created this uh, That's this true, outfit, that, it just that appears of, tremendous suit. That suit. So yes, he leaves 12 years later wearing the iconic blue and red suit with the red cape. Becoming a reporter at the Daily Planet in Metropolis, Clark meets- And a real bumbling fool. Uh, so, so delightful. Christopher Reeve, so charming as this bumbling Clark mm-hmm. Kent. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get enough could not get enough as soon as the film was just clark and lois where she just can't stand his like nebbish nerdiness i was like i could watch conservatively another four hours of just this of just mm-hmm. this hijinks uh but yes he meets and develops a romantic attraction to co-worker lois lane who's so good at her job except she apparently just can't spell a thing which is mm-hmm. a strange i wonder if that's from the comics I just couldn't understand that. It just seemed like a fun thing to throw in, you know, like I guess it just felt like, well, we can't make this woman seem too good at her job. Like, she's got to have some problem. Oh, she's she's an idiot when it comes to spelling. Maybe. I mean, yeah, but I interpreted it as just like we need quips. We need it to move quickly. What's an easy thing that can be repeated, you know? Yeah. But yes, you're right. Like that it's all these men teaching her how to spell. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy Olsen teaching her how to spell. Uh, Yeah. Superman saves Lois from a helicopter mishap. Yeah. We get this whole montage. He's thwarting this jewel thief who's trying to ghost protocol up a building. He's (laughs) rescues a girl's cat from a tree and then saves Air Force One after lightning. It's a busy night engine. It's a busy night. I have written all is it. You're right. It's all in one night. It's like he's like, okay, fine. I'll do this. I'll save Lois. And then while I'm at it, I guess maybe I'll save other people, too. Um, I have written here during Mm -hmm. this sequence. This is why you will never get me in a helicopter. (laughs) Other reasons. Because it will instantly uh, snag on a wire and go over a building. I don't need it. I'll walk. Um, <laughs> you'll you'll be like, um, was it Sean Bean? I think in Lord of the Rings, it was Sean Bean just was scared of, didn't want to fly in the helicopters. I could be misremembering, but oh, I'm pretty really? sure it was Sean Bean. So instead he would like do the trek. He would do like a three hour trek up the mountain every morning. Oof. So they would see him on the helicopter and like they'd go wave to Sean Bean. He'd wave up to them and be like, all right, because like, I don't want to be in, I'm am scared of flying. I am lazy and don't want to do a trek up a mountain and I don't want to get up early, but also I get motion sickness very easily. Sure. And that also just seems like. I probably would eventually succumb, but there'd probably be some days I'm like, I'm good. 
I'll do the three hour walk. Oh, well, unfortunately, that means you'll never get to go visit Jurassic Park with all of its triumphant score as you uh, helicopter, as you chopper in. It didn't work out great for those that did get to go. Ooh, you know what? Good point. Mm. Actually, helicopters (laughs) never lead to a good helicopter, either crashing off a building of Superman, leading to a super scary dino park in Jurassic Park. Or 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 it's you need a helicopter because the predator is chasing after you and you got to get to the chopper. No, that's These fair. are our three. All right, I think the to escape the predator, the, the maybe helicopter, you'll get an helicopter then. It's the lesser of two evils. Yeah, you might throw up, but at least you're not gonna at have least, a predator. Well, a big won't alien be. monster man get you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, you're right, and then the, so he does all this in one night. The next day, visits Lois's penthouse apartment to be interviewed where she names him super she's like he's some kind of super man she doesn't even say it like that she doesn't say like what a super space man she says it as though it's already one word what a superman what a superman 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 the perfect name Uh, and he takes her on this flight which (laughs) just all this bananas like she's like can you read my mind and then she oh, starts doing poem. poetry she starts making up she's literally starts i started guessing what the rhyme was mind. gonna be i was right a couple I times i didn't know what this yeah. was this whole like whole new world scene where he's flying her around uh-huh. and as you correctly said like she should be throwing up everywhere this, <laughs> this is terrifying she should be blanketing you, I, like, I would be vomiting <laughs> everywhere this one this is not a good scene i mean it's a good scene to watch but it would not be a good like scene vibe kind of situation and now i'm gonna fly you up above the clouds also the air is too thin up there for a human you can see the daily planet from here my palms are sweaty just thinking about it oh look and there is metropolis's statue of liberty Oh, absolutely not. Uh, meanwhile, we meet criminal genius Lex Luthor, who I think is only a criminal genius. He considers In himself his a criminal own genius. Mind. Well, just because he's surrounded by two of the dumbest, especially Ned Beatty's Otis, like oh some of the gosh. dumbest hench people. Yeah. It's just in comparison, he thinks he's a criminal He's mastermind. got a lot of ideas and a lot of books. Right. His main idea, and he has, he seems to have just flooded Grand Central Station. <laughs> I as his love pad, which this was great. set. This I, set is great. I want a Grand Central Station pool. I was like, this is awesome. I was a fan. This is the only kind of pool I want to swim in from now on. <laughs> Um, not not an under not an actual underground like sewer pool, but I would love. <laughs> yeah, I only want to swim in a flooded subway tunnel. <laughs> Just doing the doggy paddle next to some mice, mices and mices, oh, some feces and feces. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, it's it's weird, right? Because he does legit have some criminal mastermind stuff, but also he's number one relying on this like completely inept sidekick to do like he knows that guy is not going to get the missile launcher now codes right why does he entrust it to him good help is hard to find he didn't trust him to drive the ambulance that scheme yeah he's trying to get these nuclear missiles so he has eve tessmacher to just be like as if she had a car accident or was it or she's just yes. on the ground so all these army men are yes. like let's oh, give her a mouth that was to awful. mouth that was terrible as Gene Hackman's like, I'm going to drive up in the ambulance and leave Otis to like incorp- put put all of like the, the, codes, the in. codes in, which he does like completely wrong. It's like, let uh, him drive and you go plan? do the numbers, you fool. But yeah, I don't know. Oh, gosh, I'd forgotten about that 
ugh, that, that, was, that was I was like, this is how we normalize <laughs> sexual assault. Well, in 1978, this is what humor as it, it was a sexy prank. It's a real sexy prank. <laughs> uh, yes, his plan is to buy hundreds of acres of worthless desert land in California. And then like just on the other side of the San Andreas fault. Right. And then change the programming on these nuclear missiles. So one of them will detonate at the fault so that when California like is destroyed, then he all the land he owns is now the new California. And he could sell that land to be like the new West Coast. The new beachfront. Yeah. Right. Including Otis land. He's like, oh. Otis Land. He's like, it's just a small little area, Mr. Mr. Luthor. Miss Tess, Miss Tessmacher has yeah. her own spot. She's got spot. her own spot. Uh, I mean, as ridiculous as the character is, I was so delighted by everything the that Baby did. It was such was a great, great little cartoon character. I had no problem with the performance. I had problem with the, like, why on earth is it an, a, a supposed criminal mastermind? He's he's not no. good at managing he his does folks. somehow intuit kryptonite this was he's like, this was the biggest plot yeah for he's me. like well his home planet exploded because clark kind of pretty dumbly in his interview with lois is like well you know i can't see through lead that's one Just of the th- that's a fault of mine says way too many things gives right. way too much my planet exploded so gina happens like great okay so we know he can't see through lead and we know that his planet exploded so if his planet exploded one can assume that shards of it landed on would Earth be and that they would be radioactive to I, him. I do get him being like, okay, if this is when he said this happened and and he did crash to Earth, let's say that we believe this, yeah, then like this- there are probably meteorite bits from this. This corresponds to it. Let's go to Ethiopia. Um, I couldn't stand how they were calling it Addis Ababa, uh, which is the incorrect pronunciation to my understanding. Uh, but they go to Ethiopia. They pick up this meteorite. Like, that part I get. How? How did he know? Does he know when it doesn't even seem I, like, I like uh, Superman knows? And I'm also like, you know, I, I enjoy a superhero film. I've never been a big comic reader so i'm sure that's like in there's stuff where you're Something like no it makes sense because the comments or it makes sense because xyz i was but also it confused did not make sense in the movie he had what i then i thought was kryptonite at the beginning i thought that's what yeah, led the, green, the crystal. green crystal i thought that's what led him to the so the north pole but that was bad that, that was, was okay to crystal? touch but yeah i it i don't was know not set the up. raw kryptonite is bad like I, that I'm should sure. have been set up in the endless marlon brando monologues at the beginning you no, know remember my son uh, the only thing that can hurt you is kryptonite like all he has to do is put one of those things in the little talkie talkie voiceover and like then we're set up to be like uh-oh like obviously we know kryptonite because it's we we speak right, of it of course, like of course in the I, was, vernacular. I was okay with like clark not even being aware totally but we as the audience need to how on right. earth does he just figure he just it out it out i don't know but with his accomplices Otis and Eve Tessmacher, they steal that kryptonite and lure Superman to their underground lair, which I actually thought was really effective, where he was like using like the dog whistle tone yeah, that was to great. only speak to Clark. And I thought that was like the most, the creepiest that I was actually like, ooh, Gene Hackman's actually scary That's in That's some this. evil genius stuff yeah, right there. Yeah, that I thought was great. Uh, and yeah, he reveals his whole plan and then expose he's like sits on the lead box so clark is like i know that's where you're hiding the plans or the whatever from me and then oops nope it's kryptonite and then he tosses him into his <laughs> grand central station pool uh and then taunts him that the second missile randomly headed to of all places hackensack new jersey Which so it's like you can't pretty stop close to- even if you could get out you couldn't stop both missiles seems to like you know the impossible situation of you right. can't do both these things but how 
And that Eve Tessmacher's mother lives in Hackensack. And mm-hmm. she's like, Mr. Luthor, like my mom lives there. And she just does not care. And He's like, I, not anymore. I know, but I'm like, did, is he purposefully, does Lex just hate your mom? And that's why he's sending that missile to Hackensack? Or is that just happenstance? Like Hackensack is just the most random place for this it's second missile to, to go. It is fun to say. But if it was going to Metropolis... Then you're like, oh no, one's going to Metropolis, and then this, and the other is yeah. going to actually. Well, I mean, be I think it's plan. it's wherever her mom was going to be from in order for there to be a reason for her to. Oh, of course, you know. But yes, yes as far as like Eve, it's just an arbitrary location, right? Eve then helps save Superman because he'll save her mom in Hackensack. And then I'll tell you, I was very unclear. Did he stop the Hackensack missile first? Yeah, that that's all he was able to do. And and because the, the other one, one hit. It was just, I was having a lot of trouble tracking which was which. There were so many things happening. Also, why on earth does Lois Lane, who is famously on the city beat, Mm -hmm. get sent out west to look at some arbitrary land grabs happening, which of course is Gene Hackman, but like. Right. Well, she's in, yeah, she's interviewing. Well, she's an investigative journalist. I know, but she's on the city beat. She's, uh, she's not doing whatever. There are people who go do that kind of thing. Well, she's just doing, her city beat encompasses all cities. (laughs) Oh, I see, which is why she was in like rural California. Or maybe she's currently on the city beat but i mean this movie is also like two hours and 20 minutes long and there is like a three hours director's cut so maybe we see her wanting to like no i want to like get the real big stories yeah i want to that's all we need was a line like that especially if they're going to put clark on the city beat too she's like all right then if you're maybe there was and i i missed it i did not some line of her being like oh i'm gonna be out of town on a story or whatever i don't know well she could say she's he said like oh yeah lois is out of town on a story but that's not why was she assigned to that story is my question. That would be someone else's job. I just had a, if you're going to establish that she's on the city beat, why unestablish it for plot purposes? I don't know. I don't know. Or could Lex Luthor have, you know, been planning the seeds to her to get her out there. Knowing yeah, there that are that would any be number of ways this could whatever. have been addressed. Yeah, this is true. It was addressed uh, in but it none of them. Up the stakes and up the ante for I our big it. climax. Cause now his Superman's love interest, Lois Lane is getting sucked into this, a sinkhole. This scene was actually legitimately terrifying. Right. So the one missile goes towards Hackensack. Superman stops it, and he's not quick enough to stop the one that hits the San Andreas Fault. So it's all splitting apart. Everything's like... Earthquakes. The, and... the dam, the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all, all going kaput. That and... was very effective. I thought the Golden Gate Bridge, like, yeah. snapping and everything, because it's also so iconic. Yes. Oh, I mean, you, ha- you have to. You have to. That's you your gotta big, do it. Your big West Coast is like, you got the... Oh, no, the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, but Lois's car is, like, filling up with the dirt as she's, like... It's horrifying. To death. It is rough. It's it looked a brutal rough. scene. It was rough to watch, and it looked rough to, to film. film. Here's just going to kick dirt on you for the next three days it was um, very uh happy days the beckett play where yeah. the character is buried up to her waist and then in the second half up to her neck <laughs> i'm trying to remember which plot line from the show happy days that had the fawns getting buried oh, i'm no, like no, happy no. days beckett's what? happy days yes well now you, then you said beckett but i'm picturing happy days of the fawns of just like <laughs> you know the fawns getting buried in, in quicksand or whatever and just like like wraps his fist against the dirt like and then it suddenly stops and goes back the other hey. way because he's just so cool man uh, <laughs> right Beckett, the classic samuel beckett play happy mm-hmm. days <laughs> well it is it is uh yeah so lois uh, her car falls into a crevice she suffocates before superman can reach her and he rage flies around the earth going backwards in time 
to prevent Lois's death, which undoes all the damage. He doesn't actually then have to, I assumed that he would have to then stop that second missile. I was so. But it just reverses so, the, the effects of everything. I don't know because, yeah, it like puts everything back together. But then she's like, this all happened. And the telephone poles were falling. I was like, okay, so there were still earthquakes happening. So the mus- missile still must have hit. Because Jimmy Olsen runs up and he's like, wait, to leave me at that dam with everything going like crazy. Yeah, I was, I was like, like, wait, what? then. But what? What? Then he huh? should have just scooped her up before. Like her car got sucked in, but the car didn't get sucked in. This is what I'm talking about. You're already the end. I was rage like, what flying around doing? the earth and going backwards in time. You could have gone back a few more minutes and saved and say, the done missile. Yeah. Obviously, you're fast enough to get both missiles. Yeah. You just went around the freaking world. See, this yeah. is what, as as it progressed. I was like, okay, I there's a few st- strong questions <laughs> I have for the filmmakers. I know, but the film doesn't have time because this film then for a film that takes so long to, to get up, to really get going, it's suddenly it it's so tight. over. It's so suddenly over because it's just like he leaves. We don't even get like another closing scene between Lois and Clark. He like leaves her there, drops her off. And they're she's about like, to smooch. And then Jimmy's like, hey, too bad. Clark Kent couldn't be here to see this. And she's like, I know it's almost like we never see Clark and <laughs> Superman in the same. <laughs> nah, Lois, you old crazy so-and-so. I did love, we we were talking about it in that scene where he, um, he comes over as Clark and then like she goes into the other room and he like takes off his glasses and like straightens up posture wise and he's like incredible moment and then he has a moment of like oh i've got something i need to tell you i've made it impossible for her to love me in any yeah she loves superman but doesn't love old nerdy clark kent what an actor it really is it's so delightful we'll we'll talk about him in a second uh and yeah the film ends he just flies off and then he just drops lex luther and otis off at prison before flying away this monologue he delivers to the warden Hits rolled different, different in 2021. In 2021. Like, I was yeah, like, oh. you know, you're on, you know, we're all on, we're on the same side. You and I, the prison industrial complex, like we're the real good guys here. It was like, uh, like my teeth were grinding together so hard. I was like, this is not, uh, <sighs> for your denouement, rough. Um, <laughs> the casting director of Superman was Lynn Stallmaster, an Emmy nominee for casting Crime of the Century. Stallmaster has also cast such films as Harold and Maude, Being There, First Blood, The Untouchables, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. What a career. I know. Let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all subjective. And as always, I've looked up all the actors in advance, and Amy Jo is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. So let's kick it off with Clark Kent. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Christopher Reeve, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? He is so good in something that could be so wooden and humorless, you know? And he is charming i wish we got him earlier like i wish we didn't have to yeah. spend so lo- like no no offense to teenage clark but it's the kind of thing where yeah, i'm like this actor jeff east who plays clark he's, from he's like totally fine like a half hour but worth it's, of this it's film. too but long it's, it's too long we need to get to uh, you know our our main man sooner and it's like, yeah he's probably like 30 i think he was probably he was, around 30 or he was born in 52 and this would have been shot in 77 so oh wow so wait you're saying Christopher Reeve was born in 52? Yeah. So it's only 25 yeah. when he filmed this? Yeah. Why is he not playing teenage version? This is That's around the same time point. that Stalker I mean, Channing a, is playing Rizzo. I mean, he did also just get like in such great shape I'm sure in the that film. That he was just looks it, so yeah. big and muscly that it does, he does not look like he's in his mid-20s. No, he doesn't. He totally reads. He's like, I'm a man of 34. 
Right. But I, you know what? I, I mean, you put slap on, uh, you know, this this Dear Evan Hansen trailer just dropped. Oh just slap gosh. on a big curly Q wig and suddenly it's pen 15 and oh we've got a gosh. almost 30 year old playing a child. Pen 15. <laughs> so right. That is what it is. Anyway. And those are our comments on Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's so good. The hair is so perfect. He's so yeah, he's so charming. He's so effortless. I mean, and I, you know, we so likable as Clark Kent. So likable, and, 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 he's, and he's a great Superman. That he he nails them both so well. That even though it's so ridiculous to be like to not recognize that it's the same guy, I'm like, well, this is probably the closest of like how you would go by just the posture, the voice, yeah. and just how he acts. Of like the you know they get him and Lois get like held up in an alley, and he's just like. <laughs> while shielding her yeah and while being so like obvious of like oh i'm still i have the situation under control at any given point and then catches the bullet but like lois is just like let me get in here and start like kicking at this guy and i'll save the day um they still able to keep this character of clark kent going while being they also manage to dress him as clark in clothes that don't show off the physique really like i mean it is outlandish to think that this hunk of man walks into the daily planet and everyone's like ugh, you know what a nerd (laughs) i'm never telling i'm never giving this guy that time of day but like um but i think they do the best that they can and uh i think it's partially the way that he plays it it's just like okay this this guy is just uh a lot, you yeah. know, but, um, I have no one else. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, so, um, iconic yeah. in my mind, you know, it's, it's also, even as someone who watched this movie once as a child, it's just like the, the imagery and the iconography, he just like, yeah, w- was Superman for so much longer than anyone else ever was. It's not like, it's not like Batman where we had all these different Batmen. It's true. You I mean, know? Yeah, you know, four four films that yeah. Christopher Reeve played Superman for was such a long time. And then like now we've had, you know, you've had your Brandon Roots and we've mm-hmm. had Henry Cavill for multiple films. So I think does a good job. I think that his like the I just hate the scripts and I hate the direction yeah. that these recent Superman films have gone in. But he I, I think that he would be very successful with a more a screenplay from someone else, mm. um, which is my a personal opinion and yeah. my, only my two cents. Cause I know some people really, really like those films. I'm sure there are We're plenty of other people who would do this. Well, I just like, I got really hung up on, it. I was like, I just, yeah. I can't, I, yeah. you know, also it's just like, uh, we watch noises off a lot in this household, which is which, primarily what I know Christopher Reeve from. Yeah. That is and, uh, uh, death trap, death trap. Which I have seen death trap so many times. I love so death fun. Trap. him and Michael Caine. They're Such magnificent a fun together. Little crime thriller comedy. It's it's tight. It's suspenseful, and yeah. he is wonderful in it. Yeah. You know, so I just um I don't know. I was just like I'm gonna. And he's wonderful in noises off. I I, oh, I mean I he's so funny. I just it's also because I saw it when I was so young, so I might just be a bit of that like nostalgia. But I do love. I mean, the whole cast is killers. It's Michael Caine and John Ritter and Carol Burnett and. Mary Lou Henner. Mary Lou Henner, Denham Elliott, all, all these, like Julie Haggerty, like such great comedic performers, and Christopher Reeve. And he's like, you know, holding his own against John Ritter and Carol Burnett. Uh-huh. Uh, like, I, you know, he, I was a really great performer, Christopher Reeve. Like, yeah. he, he gave, like, uh, which I think it's easy when someone is so good looking in such a, like, stereotypical way yes. to assume that is all they are bringing to the table. And he was like a real actor. Very funny. I think that the, the the humor and the ability to play comedy serves him very well yeah. 
in this because and, and it's not a quippy role in that way, you right. know, but it's I just think he handles it all so well and he sells, yeah, what should be ridiculous. That scene on the roof between him and Lois Lane. Like Yeah. Can you, oh you can like you've extra vision. Can you see what color underwear I'm wearing? Oh just like they're so the way they play opposite yeah. one another and just it's like so good. are just like kind of flirting and poking at one another is so charming. I was like I am riveted suddenly. Like this they're they're so good together. Right. I mean that's like I wanna see the version of this with like Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn or Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell, yes. you know? Yeah, for uh, sure. Just the full His Girl Friday version of Superman. I'm kind, I kind of wish that we had gotten. Mm. I kind of would have liked to have seen, even though the special effects would even be sillier. Uh, <laughs> I'm now picturing Cary Grant in it. Well, Cary Grant was a circus performer. So like, well, there, there were, you go. <laughs> he grew up in a circus family. What was he doing in the circus? I don't, I, uh, I'm sure it's available, but like his, fa- his family were, were yeah, a clown. They, I'm not, uh, well, no, an animal I don't trainer. No, well, you keep asking me questions as though I have answers. Well, I'm just trying to picture Cary Grant. Well, he wasn't Cary Grant then, was he? He was Archie Leach. Yeah, Archie Leach. Hmm. And the amazing Archie Leach. Yeah, Archie Leach sounds like an animal trainer to me. That sounds like a name. An for... acrobat. An acrobat. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. The idea of Cary Grant as an acrobat is a delightful one. I would never have pictured. I dig that. Well, there you go. Cary Grant as Superman. That's one of my picks. I'm trying to get more info, but our internet is slow. (laughs) Yeah. If you watch his performances closely, very closely, you will note two things. One is a slight working class accent. The other is a surprising facility for physical comedy, whether it is face pulling, tumbles, or double takes. The former has to do with his modest English origins. The latter was the result of his many formative years spent as a member of comic acrobatic troupe in music hall and vaudeville. Yeah. Well, I've been seeing circulated around. Of who a lot of people want, if we're going to get a new Superman, William Jackson Harper. <laughs> because that really is That's exactly the Clark right. Kent who you don't realize. You're like, this guy, this guy is, is shredded. This guy looks like Thor. But he hides it so well with, like, the nebbishness, and you know? he's so charming. And he's so charming. And that's, like, I think that'd be incredible. Oh that's gosh. what, like, a lot of, like, fan casting that's sites have been, tremendous. like, buzzing about. Um, I could also see... Because he's someone that has been good in things. I mean, he he got wrapped up in that Fifty Shades of Grey franchise, but uh, though I've not seen it yet, I've heard that he is very funny in this Barb and Star movie with Kristen Wiig. Jamie Jamie Dornan is also someone. He's a beautiful mm. looking specimen of a man, uh, and I've heard he's really funny in that film. So I'm like, okay, so he can also do comedy. So I could see him. Uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen II, who's already in the DC universe in mm-hmm. the Aquaman uh, movie, but I think he'd be great. I'm thinking of him in Watchmen, the HBO miniseries, because he won an Emmy for it, because not to spoil too much, but he kind of just seems like he's Regina King's partner or husband. And he just seems like a normal, like, stay-at-home dad type, just like a really just sweet guy. And you're like, oh, there's so much more going on with him that there is, like, a mm-hmm. uh, her- super heroic element to him that the later episodes get into, um, where I'm like, yeah, this guy, that he can just be like, oh, I'm just down to earth, whatever. And then you're like, oh, no, you're also a superhero. And he's also currently blowing up. He's going to be in the new Candyman movie. He's going to be, he's like in, starting to be in everything. Uh, or I could see an Alexander Skarsgård maybe. I mean, like he's not, I don't see him dipping into comedy too much, but mm-hmm. like really after Big Little Lies, I was like, oh, you are a much more interesting actor than he's I gave you credit for. got more depth than I think, yeah, you you think about on a first glance. And I think he could fill out that Superman suit. Um, no prob. 
Now, the casting director, Lynn Stallmaster, was the first to suggest Christopher Reeve for the title role, but director Richard Donner and the producers, Alexander and Ilya Selkin, felt he was too young and too skinny. Nevertheless, Reeves did an excellent screen test that blew the director and producers away, so once he did have the part, he underwent a strict physical training session for months by David Prowse, the <gasps> body of Darth Vader. Met the guy. You certainly did. At Disney. <laughs> You, you got you get like an autograph on yeah, him? Yeah, Aaron and I got an autograph photo and we got a picture with him. That's great. Uh, he went from, Chris Reeve went from 170 pounds to 212 in the from Oh, so he's like really not lying about the body specs. No, they, they wanted to give him like a muscle suit and he said no. He's like, no, I'm going to get in shape for this. Because like now that's what people do. You know, now it's like, okay, we're just going to sign you a train and you're going to get absolutely shredded. Yeah. But like then... 70s bod was a very different thing. It's very true. This feels like this is one of the earlier times that I've heard of where it was like, oh no, I'm gonna, you know, really I'm gonna do the physical transformation. transform my, my entire body. He apparently worked out so much during the making of the film that like the traveling mat shots that were taken of him at the beginning of the shoot did not match the later shots. So they had to be retaken. Wow. Of, like him flying around that they could just kind of like plunk into different yeah. areas. And according to Roger Moore's autobiography, he witnessed Christopher Reeve walking through the canteen at Pinewood Studios in full Superman costume, oblivious to the swooning female admirers he left in his wake. And when he did the same thing, dressed as Clark Kent, no one paid him any attention. <gasps> okay, so there you go. It works. It's acting. It's acting and it's costuming. And it's that hair. It's that little, that teeny tiny spit that curl. That little curl. It's like, That yeah. he inherited from his dad. That Marlon Brando has a bit of the same spit it's curl, so which true. I loved. I thought it was so oh funny. I was like, gosh. is this a Kryptonian trait to have a little spit curl in your hand? <laughs> the Kryptonians, their they're biggest, uh, you know, their biggest. Contribution. Their, well, their biggest sin, vanity. Uh, <laughs> uh, so as for the other actors who were actually considered, it was most every single person you can think of working in Hollywood at the time, starting with Warren Beatty, who turned of it course. down. Which this is the year instead, 1978, he did Heaven Can Wait, which got him an Oscar nomination for lead actor and best picture and also, which I've not seen Heaven Can Wait. But that seems like you had a he fine also, year like, and a fine career. Was, he didn't need this. He was doing much more prestige stuff. Yeah. He, what, Dick Tracy was like the early 90s, right? Because that was like 1990. But I mean, yeah. like Bonnie and Clyde was like 68. You know, it's imagining like or I think 68. But either way, yeah. to imagine like 10 years later for him I to mean, be doing it, Superman, it would it would make sense. It would. But it's also just, you know, like, I, I totally get that it's like, I'm not going to do a comic book movie. I'm right. Warren Beatty. That is also the thing that Christopher Reeve was like a no one. Like, he had yeah. barely, he just a handful of credits at this point. Nothing major. I think it was like mainly like a TV gig, um, which I think helps the film. It does. And then you've got, you know, you've got your Marlon Brando and Gene Hackman. You've got like a but lot of not big the, names. They're not the person you can map everything onto as exactly. the... No, but that we're looking at him as like this is our superman opposed to like oh look it's warren, warren baby in a superman outfit yes which i feel like we tend to brandon ruth and henry cavill they weren't like household names when they became superman yeah. and i think that works i do think that works well for the character to be someone that we're not so 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 familiar with mm -hmm. uh like robert redford who turned it down because he wanted too much money mm-hmm mm -hmm. I, I mean i can see it i totally understand why he would be offered this as well. He very much is that like, I mean, when you talk about like, what is one of the Hollywood actors that has, that most screams like what 
America thinks of as all American. It's and Robert Redford. And it's the Redford. cover of The Natural with Robert Redford throwing a baseball. That You're like, that is, is America. That, that is, is what like that people is think of when they're like, what, what do I people want? People think of as a stereotypical American. To embody my like Norman Rockwell America. Norman fantasy. Rockwell America, yes. More than just America. It's Norman Rockwell's yeah. America. Yeah. Well, obviously. Well, America. Yes, obviously. <laughs> uh, Nick Nolte became a front runner fascinating part, i mean maybe in you know 1978 he hadn't gone through as many cigarettes so it wasn't quite the rumbling caveman <laughs> voice that we that i know and love today i would be quite be like yeah stand for truth justice in the american way <laughs> yeah, let me fly around the moon lois don't get any vomit on my boots oh. <laughs> romance Okay, let me get that cat out of the tree for you, little girl. Ah. <laughs> Mommy, there was a really scary man who... Oh, man, that little girl got smacked in the mouth. She does. She she gets her cat back, and she's like, a man like flew up and got the cat. Don't you lie, honey. Cue laugh track is how it's like presented. I was like, oh, no. I know. John Voight then became the front runner, was cast, but then let go, and they just... They, from what I saw, they decided that he just wasn't right for the role also in this year, 1978, he had Coming Home, which he won the Oscar for. So mm. I, I don't know. I don't know to what the push and pull was, um, but all the better for We're it. We're all I, better I, off. Yeah, I didn't want, I want John Voight in this. Muhammad Ali turned down an offer to star reportedly. Wow. The year before in 77, he did the movie The Greatest, where he just played himself. It mm -hmm. was kind of like his story, but that was really it. He wasn't known as an actor. Right. But, I'm fascinated I'm by that. I'm interested. I don't, I, yeah. I, again, I don't know what kind of acting chops he did or didn't have, you know, but it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I would love to have seen that. I, I'd love to just see like a screen test of Muhammad Ali yes. as, as Superman and Clark Kent. Jeff Bridges was seriously considered, which, interesting. yeah, I, which I dig. There's yeah. like a certain, I mean, Jeff Bridges to me always kind of has that more California vibe opposed like Christopher Reeve is giving you the Midwest yeah. vibe, which I don't know offhand oh, where he was from, the but wheat fields are beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Our time in Smallville, like the I mean, cinematography T to B top to bottom. So, so beautiful mm -hmm. in this film. This is a gorgeous, gorgeous film to look at. Um, but yeah, I like the idea of Jeff Bridges. James Caan turned it down saying, quote, there's no way I'm getting into that silly suit, well, which is it's hard sometimes to picture some of these people. Wearing the outfit and not looking ridiculous. With, without a shred of irony. Yes. Without winking. That like, and I think that's just like, yep, this is what I'm wearing. And he's very funny, but it's not that kind of like post-ironic, like, right, <laughs> right. what a ridiculous suit. Like it's stuff like walking past the telephone booth that's like half open. That, like, yeah, there's no more phone booths Looking at anymore. it and going like, huh, like shaking it off. You like, got to change in the revolving door. Yes, exactly. Like that, he's just, he handles it so deftly. And someone like Jimmy Kahn, I think, is just too cynical. I could honestly see Jimmy Kahn more as Lex Luthor. I would love that. That'd be I great. would be interesting. Yeah. I could dig. Uh, Charles Bronson tested. Okay. <laughs> this is, I believe, post-Death Wish. Imagining a post-Death Wish Charles Bronson that as Superman. is something that, you know, I, I Charles Bronson, really great. Uh, as Superman, I'm... It's hard to tell. It's, it's hard, hard to, to envision. Know. All right, I was thinking for this scene that Superman could just pull out a machete. <laughs> Hands up, Luther. I'm taking you in that are alive. You have a really enthused uh, tone. 
I mean, that's Bronson. Bronson yeah. is the laconic of like, what are the fewest words possible I can use to get this point across so we can break for lunch? I'm just trying to imagine that glower in this suit. Like, I stand for truth, justice, and kicking your ass. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Clint Eastwood turned it down as he was too busy. Uh, he's 47 years old in 1978, which is also bananas to imagine Clint Eastwood of being alive today making films when I he was know. 47 years I, old that's, in 1978. That's humbling. Wow, wow. Uh, in 1978, instead, he was doing Every Which Way But Loose with the, the orangutan movie, uh, which, great. I'd much rather that we had a movie with Clint Eastwood and an orangutan. Sure. Uh, <laughs> which is much more entertaining to me. I can't picture him in this. Clint Eastwood? No. At 47? Again, too, like, the world's done me dirty not that that's like him but just like that's the on-screen persona is like more of a like reluctant hero rather than like this is my calling like that like enthused and it's not a thing that just comes with youth there's an earnestness there's an absolutely earnest quality imagining yeah clint eastwood is like oh lois that's me bumbling clark kent Oh, wow. Superman, I just missed him. Aw, shucks, ma'am. Oh, let's go get a burger, Lois, on our big date. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm going to go with a no. No, definitely not. Al Pacino was considered. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No. I'm uh, going to need some lifts over here to be standing on... uh, the whole cast would have to be so tiny. <laughs> oh my God, that's funny. I mean, like, look, I do think there is something to be said for like anyone could be Superman. He doesn't have to look a particular way, but it's true. Um, it's very true. That's not the story that <laughs> they ended up going with in this. They did not. They did not. Al Pacino, hoo hawing, going up a tree, saving. Well, a this cat. was pre hoo haw. It was pre hoo haw Pacino, but uh, no, no, no. Sam Elliott was considered. Uh, which, yeah, I mean, looking, I was just looking up pictures of like 1978 Sam Elliott. Uh Uh, I mean, of course the mustache is off the chain. That mustache (laughs) has its own mustache. He might as well be playing Poirot and Kenneth Branagh's (laughs) Murder on the Orient Express with the size of this mustache. Uh, as he always has an incredible mustache, but he looks, I mean, he looks, I'm picturing it. Like if you shaved that mustache off and you styled the hair, like look wise, I could see it, but it is the- Right? He was dreamy. He was a smoke show, that Sam Elliott. Well, he also, you know what? This whole look is just super 70s. This is like. It's very true. Now, if you shave him, if you shave that. There are some shave pictures of him. Have you oh, seen these? Let me see. I got to see. Oh, hold up. <laughs> what? I mean, no one knew what his face That's looked Sam like until now. Wow. Yeah, young I Sam Elliott. I would not have guessed that was Sam Elliott. No, it's. He's dreamy. I Just because I'm also, we record a. We don't need to be socially distanced when we're recording with a listener, but, but the way are. we record it from across the table that we are a bit across. So looking at it, I thought that was like Scott Bakula. I thought that was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the right there, he's got the mustache and he looks like he's trying to audition to play Freddie Mercury. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. Wild, wild. Yeah. These are great. You know what? When this episode drops, I'll, I'll put some of these on, on the uh, Instagram. We'll uh, on on Instagram. The uh, yeah. I, I'm... Uh, I'm interested. I love Sam Elliott. I always still Sam see Elliott's him as great. that iconic, like, drawled cowboy type. Uh, but I'm interested. 
I like it. I'm, I'm, he's certainly got Sam Elliott. I feel like has more earnest qualities to him than Clint Eastwood does. You know what I mean? So I, I, especially as a young, younger man, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. Caitlyn Jenner reportedly turned it down to star in the village people musical. Can't stop the music. So uh, not a good move. No, yeah, that had been a better choice probably to not be in can't stop the music with the but, people but you know. dustin hoffman was reportedly considered speaking of sure actors where everyone else is gonna have to be a little yep. teeny or tinier yeah i yeah i can't see it no i can't see it no. i also cannot see neil diamond lobbied <laughs> for the role <laughs> just sing a theme song or something you know? just sing the, like a bond theme song like get like some splashy like theme song covers from fun yes. musical musical it's a artists. great score you know amazing we need score. something for the credits amazing score yeah definitely steve mcqueen was considered for the lead role he was also 47 at this time and he was ultimately rejected for being out of shape was what i read which I mean, he's also 47 years old and yeah. he's supposed to be like a young buck. Like I'm just, it's my first day at this. Well, this if newspaper. they thought Clark Kent was too young at 25, then it, it makes sense. They were looking that for someone wanted, yeah. older, which is fascinating. Cause it's like, that is not the way things go. Now you have like, I'm 18 playing Spider-Man, you know? Right. Well, I mean, we're still today. It's oh, we always cast older. We cast people in their, you know, twenties. Well, yes, yes, but it's still in general for like, you're playing. You're in high, you're a high schooler. It's like you're but actually going to be in your twenties. That's that's a little different because that's like you want someone with a certain level of experience on set and experience acting True. and labor laws. You know, yeah. you're not going to cast a teenager if you can help it. But once once you're past like a certain age it's like well it, you know it's more about an experience thing than uh we we need someone older for younger you know it's very true elton john was considered that's fascinating yeah in 1975 he had I mean, pinball he wizard and tommy huge oh, well, yeah of course but in terms of like what what are the acting chops i mainly i've seen elton play himself yes and pinball wizard in <laughs> tommy uh it, i i see why you would test someone like this because it's like okay he has incredible stage presence and charisma how does that translate to an acting role you know yeah. having worked on kinky boots we had a number of pop stars come through and it was very interesting just like because these are all people with a vast onstage experience and charisma but it's like how do they handle text right you know uh, panic of the disco's uh brendan Murray. i mean he was incredible uh, he transitioned incredibly well to you know acting yeah. but like you just you don't it's quite you know, don't know until you, you start know. rehearsing them and so that's why i like doing and even on test. auditioning and screen testing yeah it's very yeah. true it's a very good point uh patrick wayne was offered the part but declined because his father john wayne had cancer at the time oh yeah but i mean that makes sense if you're also trying to if you're just getting someone that's like an unknown if you want someone that you yeah. kind of map superman onto, onto that we see superman opposed to we're seeing the actor correct playing because i mean i was never watching the film and being like oh let's luther i was like there's gene hackman yes you know uh paul newman was offered four million dollars to play superman and turned it down <gasps> But I mean, how old was he at the time? That's a good question. 1978. I'm going to guess he was in his 40s. I feel like this is like around. I don't know. I feel like absence of malice is like four years away. I think that he's probably in his mid 40s. Question mark. You're not ready. 53. 53. <laughs> 
was 53 when this came out. I was like, if they're referring to Robert Redford, who was yeah, yeah, uh, like true. paired with him multiple yeah, times as the yeah. younger guy. Yes, in the sting, like Paul Newman is already, he's like the, such the silver fox. Butch Cassidy the Sundance I mean, kid. I guess, you you know, whatever, you dye that hair or let him be a silver fox Clark Kent. But he just Which, reads as like, you know, 50, I'm 53 and I'm like, oh, sir, uh, could you mail half my paycheck to, to my, my mommy? Um, <laughs> 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 My poor farmy mommy. <laughs> my farmy mommy. Um, <laughs> my farm arm. Uh, <laughs> hashtag farm farm arm. Arm. All my farm arms out there. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jeff East, who played Clark Kent as a teenager, was also considered to play grown-up Clark Kent, which I wonder if that would have just then been him as Clark Kent throughout. Oh, you know? and then... And then when it's Superman, it's Christopher Reeve. Well, no, I'm saying, and then as he just stayed, oh, you he just keep plays him as Superman. That you, yeah. yeah, that you just like then put a suit, slap a suit on him. I mean, he's probably around the same age that, as Christopher yeah, Reeve. Yeah, makes more sense. I do totally get though, thinking about the physical transformation, right. like thinking about like how Tom Hanks took a six month break from Castaway to like lose, lose an insane weight, amount of weight so that he could look that emaciated. Yeah. yeah, it's like that'd be the kind of thing you'd have to do. Right, and it's like at that point, like maybe just easier to cast another actor but those scenes speedier 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 yeah yeah because also with him which kind of stung for him because he didn't know they were going to do this that they he's dubbed by christopher reeve so all the young the smallville scenes because they wanted to keep the voice keep consistent because already this kid they ha- i mean it really it really stings because that's like they had to slap a wig on him because yeah. he had like curly hair and a fake nose to try to make him look like more like christopher reeve that so every explains day why, he had okay. all these like the all these long hours in makeup to try to look like Christopher Reeve and then gets dubbed by Christopher Reeve. So it's like, it can't even just be his own voice because he's in it. I, when I, I knew that trivia before watching it. So I assumed we'd maybe get like 10 minutes max with this kid, but it's like half an hour. That explains so much. Cause I remember looking at it going like this poor, like kid, like it's like, he's, it's a real glow up to turn into Christopher Reeve, but like he actually probably looked, I didn't know he had a prosthetic nose on like the yeah. wig is pretty obvious, but it's like that makes a lot of sense but also that makes sense as to why i found the performance not as good as i wanted it to be and it's like oh because he's dubbed you know and he's wearing a prosthetic and a wig oh that is um yeah that's sad yeah ryan o'neill was considered sure in 1978 he was doing which i did not know this movie existed oliver's story which is the sequel to love story a movie where a like a romantic drama where Uh one of your protagonists dies that has a sequel is something I don't see every day. Well, that's why it's not love story. It's the person who lives. Right. Oliver's story. But the tagline, it takes someone very special to help you forget someone very special. No, (laughs) no, (laughs) forget. It's not how grief works. No, but it's also the, it's just so clunkily written. It takes someone very special to help you forget. That other Someone movie you filmed. Very special. Unless you forget the movie that you wish that you were watching instead. <laughs> <laughs> Burt Reynolds was considered of but deemed too recognizable and not temperamentally suited to the role. Yeah, I agree with everything just said. So uh so uh, where's the rest of this costume? I'm not walking around in my undies here. Yeah, I, I can't can't see it. Arnold Schwarzenegger tested. He wanted of the role he did. so badly. That now that makes sense to me as far as like if you're going with like if you're going like the Muhammad Ali, Caitlyn Jenner kind of route, you're going with someone who's known for being an athlete mm. to be your Superman. Like that totally makes sense, right? Because this is pre-Terminator. He had done like I think like Stay Hungry. He'd done like a few like small things, not including Hercules in New York. 
Uh, but he was not known. He wasn't like the hot commodity that Terminator turned him into. Right. In, and in also 84. he has a an thick impenetrable accent. Austrian in accent. this case, you're having Jeff East, <laughs> young Clark, dub him. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Uh, Christopher Walken was considered. This is the year of the deer hunter. So I he, think he, won, he was better he off won doing the Oscar deer hunter. for deer hunter. Better yeah, use better, of his skills. Better use of his skills. Maybe Christopher Walken as Zod. Maybe you set him up now to be that, in like the villain of your sequel. I thought that that's how Gene Hackman was going to find out about the Krypton stuff oh, from, is Zod. from Zod somehow yeah. because they've been sent off into space in a yeah, mirror. I, I didn't even mention them in the synopsis we get a very brief scene in the beginning where marlon brando is like you zod and you you're two henchmen you uh you've been bad so we're gonna send you off into the phantom I zone loved it. see it, you next movie it basically was like you violent criminal you criminal mastermind and you lesbian was <laughs> <laughs> so like okay yeah, what what was it that they like she was a degenerate or something which to me implies she has short hair like debauched so i was like okay it's you know you're putting all the you, sexual you shame are into onto some this weird woman. sex stuff and because you're female we can't have right. that right 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 so into the phantom zone with you Bye. yeah mm-hmm. uh harrison ford auditioned oh this is, you know, hot off star wars yeah. in 1978 he was instead doing of course the star wars holiday special <laughs> uh so probably the not as good option no as but Superman. arguably just as iconic that's true that's true yeah i can't see yeah this, no, this is the it, lightness that you need with clark kent that harrison ford what harrison ford brings to anything that is like so wonderful is that sardonic is, sensibility is the wake yes is the like can you believe that i'm in this exactly, situation exactly which is like what works when he is being utilized best it's like kryptonite why did it have, it to, have to be, be kryptonite? kryptonite yeah and and earnestness a, a on him like world uh, weariness to exactly. harrison ford that he i feels like that he was born with you know he came onto our screens yeah he's like i'm 33 but I, i've exhausted. lived a, i've been alive for he like he could if someone said that he was actually an immortal i'd be like oh maybe he is that tracks because he's always seemed tired that's how i feel about clint eastwood too it's that world yeah. weariness yeah, we're just like this yeah. guy isn't like you know what i've got extra time why don't i save some cats yeah <laughs> yeah harrison ford's not saving the cats no. um he's saving he's saving air force one with himself, himself as the it. president he's Dual like role? i gotta save my future film opportunities <laughs> uh john travolta auditioned oh very yeah this is the year of greece so we this is the year danny zuko aged john travolta which i see yeah the I, hair is right he, I mean, he he doesn't have the Kanicki curl, right. but he could do it. And he was considered later again for an abandoned uh, Superman project in the 90s that they were going to make. If Batman and Robin was more of a success, that there were some plans in place to have George Clooney reprise his role as Batman with John Travolta as, as Superman. Superman. Which I guess would be like at that point, you know, an old like a Superman yeah. who's been around for a while. I've been around the block, baby. I've been around. I've been around not just Greece. I'm not Greece aged. I am post the look who's talking trilogy at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I am post face. I am a face off aged John Travolta as your Superman. Uh, yeah, don't know. And, but th- at this point, I'm kind of into it. He was very into. enthusiastic at this point. Yes, you know? Well, that's sure one thing was. Travolta's never lacking in is like he's always game, you know. Travolta's game. Travolta will do your movie. Travolta <laughs> will do your movie. Uh, Sylvester Stallone was considered after the success of Rocky in 76. Stallone lobbied hard to play Clark Kent, but was ultimately turned down as he was deemed too Italian. And he found out 
and there's a bit apocryphal, but he found out that Marlon Brando, who had casting approval, turned him down for the role. The fact that Brando had casting Who approval? has no screen time with the actor Was he also Superman. a producer or something? I think that was just part, I think it was just that Brando didn't want to do it, so he got paid a stupid amount of money. He got paid so much money for like two weeks or however many weeks of filming, and he was like, oh yeah, if I, I just want to be able to stick my nose in all of this if I'm going to bother doing he this. He has literally so I no be able to scenes with none. this human. Okay, here's, we'll talk about when we talk about Brando, but it's like, he's good. You did not need Brando. No, for I, this. I honestly don't think he's good. I think he's that he's fine. phoning. I mean, he there are moments of like when he's the moment where he's like, you know, putting Clark in the spaceship and sending him away. And he's like, I'm not going to see my son again. Like you're getting like, oh, here, here you're acting. This is the he's, hour that you decided to act. He's doing more. I didn't expect like uh, the accent, you know, like he's doing some stuff that's just like style. Krypton. Krypton. He's doing some stylistic stuff that feels like not phoning it in. But yes, I don't feel like it was a good match. I mean, we'll talk about it when we talk about Brando shortly. But like it, yeah. that the fact yeah. that they were so desperate to get Brando well, for this. I think this, it was just wanting of you know the he's one of the your he's your biggest actor absolutely you know, I, the, no you're, you're i i understand off of the godfather it. it just like we it's like we don't care if he's going to be good we just want to get butts in seats exactly and we've hired this kid christopher reeve that no one's heard of so we're kind of banking that you're going to be like oh i Gene understand Hackman. how oh, it works but it still is just right. like the fact that you would see that to that demand is outlandish to me when you're like, we're trying to cast the lead of our film that like, yeah, <laughs> we're the ones who are going to make the money off of it or not. It's very true. Wow. It's very true. It's very true. And um, to whatever extent, it's a bit apocryphal. So like sure. how much Brando actually had the say, or if he was just that. like, I don't like that guy. If the producers were like, we like Stallone, but we don't want to tell him to his face that we don't want him. So we'll just say, Brand Brando, you wouldn't Brando. believe the things that Brando was saying. Oh man, he was making fun of you. And uh, we really want, we would love to, we, we, we would love to have you be our Superman, but Wait, it's only because Brando, Brando said no. <laughs> uh, but let's move on to Lois Lane. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Margot Kidder and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I don't really know her from anything else. Same. Um, really, she's mainly this. delightful in this. Yeah. I think she does such a great job of playing this like super like. I'm like into my career, but like I get her personality. Like they, I think it's actually like a pretty like decently written role, but I think she also fills it out really nicely. Like she just seems like a person that I'm like, I completely feel like I could run into this person on the streets of New York city. You know, oh, yeah. like I, I, you, you just know who she is instantly. In a, and in that a, chemistry of Christopher Reeve is like, it's off, off the, the charts. charts. It's, it's off so great. Charts. Truly that scene with the two of them on the roof is like, I was like, I would, yeah, I would just watch this on repeat. Other thoughts. I went with all people who are around the same age, just thinking like who else would, would around this time, uh, Barbara Hershey. I also yeah. would like Barbara I Hershey. I love in the Barbara role. Hershey. It'd probably be a slightly softer touch, but like mm. I, I think she'd be great, really charming, Absolutely. phenomenal actor. Felicia Rashad mm. is the same age, and oh, I can like amazing. totally like. I mean, talk about someone who just walks in and commands authority in a yeah. room. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. E- even a younger Felicia Rashad is just like. Yeah, I totally buy that she's like running around that newsroom, being like, "No, you're gonna put it as a headline." I got blah blah blah. Um. Joe Beth Williams. Joe Beth. Who I uh, love. Um, some know her from the Poltergeist films, of course. I know her from those, but primarily from a, a scantily known comedy <laughs> comedy called American, American Dreamer. Dreamer. She's so good at it. She's so funny. 
And yes. uh, We're the, what's the basic plot of American Dreamer? The basic plot of American Dreamer is there's this housewife in um, I forget where, somewhere in America, and she w- enters a contest. There's these like mystery novels set in Paris that she loves, and there's like a contest, and if you you have to submit like 30 pages of a Rebecca Ryan story, like it's like she's the mm-hmm. sleuth, and they're like sexy mysteries, and if you win, you get to go to Paris, all expenses for two, and you meet the publishers, and you can like you know. And she wins, and her husband is a real stick in the mud. Oh, and it's like, no. I can't take off work. She's like, well, then I'll go by myself. So she goes to Paris by herself. By yourself? Who's going to make me breakfast? Exactly. He's pretty much. Um, she gets hit by a car, gets a concussion, and wakes up in the hospital and thinks she's Rebecca Ryan. And then gets involved with, like, an actual plot. Like a, an, uh, yeah. Like a spy plot. And the guy who wrote right. the books, like, she kind of gets, like, swept up with. He right, thinks right, so, right, it's right. a joke. And to, anyway, it's it's a really it's charming. so silly. And she is delightful because she plays us like, oh, this and like you housewife. And your family, how many times would you say that you guys I watched could, this movie? I, 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 impossible. Impossible, impossible to, to tell. We've watched it so many times. <laughs> Aaron and I have inside jokes about this movie that, that we've had since childhood that literally no one <laughs> know what we're referencing. Anyway, but she plays like a dual role in that. You know, she's so tremendous. I think she'd be so fun in this. And then Mercedes Rule. What can't she act? Oh, yeah. She's great. She's around yeah. the same age. I was just like, you know, normally I'll I'll open it up to whenever, but I was like, there's so yeah, many just, like great well, actresses I'm, I'm from that era. I'm glad you did because I only had Barbara Hershey for the time and everyone else was more for today. I nice. had trouble thinking of other people at the time. You thought up some great ones that I didn't even think about. Thanks, Deb. Um, now we also, I mean, currently we have Amy Adams playing Lois Lane in the movies mm-hmm. and she's great. Love it's Amy always, Adams. she always has like, it feels like just nothing to do. Because it's like they just don't want to spend time. Those movies like bury. I think the end of Man of Steel is he shows up to be like, I'm Clark Kent. I'm here working at the office. Like that's the end of the movie is him being Clark Kent. We like never see him as Clark Kent. Very barely, barely get like Clark Kent. And then it's like she already knows that he's Superman. So we don't Mm, get any of of that tension. That tension, which is what I love in this. So fun. Um, yeah, so I think Rashida Jones would be incredible. Oh, she'd be as the like workaholic, like oh, I don't got time for you, but also like starting to fall for Superman. Well, that's what I think works so nicely about it is getting to. We see her being like her only vulnerability is her spelling, and <laughs> then like seeing her with him. I mean, I didn't like how many times she needed to be rescued, but you right. know, whatever. Um, but- Although I will say, great scream. Oh. She she's selling it. She's doing she's yeah. great. It's the like how many times we need to put her in danger so that yeah, you yeah. know. I mean, if she's really that like gung ho and getting herself in that much trouble, how is she alive for him to save at this point and in the first place, you know? But um Right. Yeah, she, if it wasn't for him, she would have all a bit immediately shot by that robber. Shot by the robber, dead in a copter, and then, you know, she's she did Stuff die in, in the, the car. car. Right. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could see Rashida Jones. Uh, I would love a Constance Wu version of Lois Lane moving forward. That's yeah, very funny. Uh, I could see Elizabeth Banks, I think would be really good. Oh, yeah. uh, the few times that I've seen her also get to be like in a drama. So it's like she doesn't it doesn't have to be a comedic tinged version. But uh, and similarly, 
Catherine Hahn. I because I just want the person like think of Catherine Hahn in Parks and Rec, especially where it's like yeah. a ball breaker. I just want someone to really be bossing around Clark Kent. That's yes. what I want. I want someone to be have like, no respect for him as Clark Kent, and then to go like a bit like Gaga, Gaga over Superman. I think is th- that's where the fun juxtaposition is of how much you can just crap on this one guy and idolize the other, and it's the same guy. That's the joy. Yeah. That's like the fun for me. Um, now, as far as the actors who were actually considered right off the bat. The final two, along with Margot Kidder, Stalker Channing. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. I like I mean, that a lot. She was, you know, she was t- t- clearly too young because she was playing Rizzo in Greece this same year. <laughs> she so was she just was, a little high school baby. She was just a little baby, 28-year-old or 30-year-old. I, I think, think she know, was think 33. You're right. I think she's like, you're right, 33. <laughs> Oh man, 33, 33 and playing high schooler. Uh, yeah. I mean, she's iconic as Rizzo in Greece, but, yeah. uh, look, I, I I'm like not idea. mad I like about the idea it. Of her as Lois Lane. I love it. Leslie Ann Warren audition. Oh yeah. And she had portrayed Lois Lane earlier in a 1975 television special of the cult musical, I guess it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Oh. So she played Lois Lane in this thing that I looked up and was You've like, you've got possibilities, uh, uh, maybe <laughs> even a lot. Ha! How, how did I not assume that you would know some of the music from? A great it's a great song. I don't, I, I feel like that does sound familiar, but I never knew it was you've, from you've the totally Superman heard it. musical. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Jessica Lange turned it down. Oh, I'd love that. Love Jessica Lange. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it as Lois Lane. I mean, if she could do anything, it's Jessica Lange. Jessica Lange is a phenomenal actor. Oh, she sure is. But in terms of like, just considering Margot Kidder, consider, consider, thinking of thinking of the Leslie Ann Warren version mainly thinking of her and clue mm-hmm. as miss scarlet uh i mean of course she could do anything it's jessica lang jennifer jason lee was considered but was deemed too young yeah i was about to say wasn't she an infant she 15 years old at the time 15? so i don't understand how does that how... work you're casting you're oh okay unless it was just i mean if it was just at a time where they like weren't you know i don't know you're, you're, you're they're her agent is like just pretend that you're older. We're going to make you look just to, as if you're 18. Because you're like, 53-year-old Paul Newman do, oh and 15-year-old Jennifer Jason Lee. <laughs> no, 15-year-old Jennifer Jason Lee. And that's right. It's me, Charles Bronson <gasps> as Superman. Let me fly you around while you conduct poetry in your mind for let, me to mind read. Let me fly you around while you do your homework. Oh, man. No thanks. Yeah, I don't. It's bananas to me. Uh, love this version. Shirley MacLaine was considered. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's it's what I want. Like, yeah, late 70s Shirley MacLaine. 70s Shirley MacLaine. Heck yes. Barbara Streisand was considered. Oh, no, she's uh, very funny. She is. I'm not mad. I'm not I'm mad not at it at all. It. I could see it. I like that. I like that. I do. Uh, and that sound means it's time to play a quick round of Two Truths and Some Guy. Or in this week's case, Two Truths and Some Person. Gender is dead. The way it works. Two of the following actors were up for the role of Lois Lane and one was not. And Amy Joe has to guess which is which. Your options are Diane Keaton, hmm. Liza Minnelli, hmm. and Carrie Fisher. Interesting. I'm just going to go and say it was not Diane Keaton. Ding, ding, ding. You are correct. It was nice. not Diane She Keaton. is great, and I love her, and I don't mind her in this, but I like the other two better as casting options for this role. Fair enough, and you are correct. As far as I could tell, Diane Keaton was not considered, but Liza auditioned, and Carrie Fisher was considered. Mm-hmm. Of course, neither got the role, but I... I'm a fan of both. both. Liza. I mean, it's also the film is also broad. The film is yeah. also a bit of a cartoon at times that I think it's why I like 
Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder so much is because they anchor it. So it feels more of like broad yeah. in the way that like a 1930s comedy could yes. be broad. But even you think about but Liza in like wackety, like, schmackety, cartoony. You think about Liza in Arthur and some of those scenes, yeah. like she's really grounded and really rooted, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, I think she'd be very charming in this. Yeah, I th- I think she'd be great. I think she'd be great, and especially Carrie Fisher. Love the idea. Carrie, of Carrie Fisher, Fisher is like duh, like that's yeah. like this is what she does. Yeah, is this kind of like, yeah, really down to earth, and like the fact that she became most famous for playing a princess is like wild. Thinking of the body of Carrie Fisher's work. What's well, nice that in those later films, that yes. they just call her General. Yes. she's just that it's not where she's no longer princess. Don't need to be yeah. princess. Yeah, she's just General. But even in the early ones, at least she's a fighting princess. You it's know, very true. Well, as they say, you know, I think it was like, I think it was Mark Hamill, because Mark Hamill, always the best, is, was talking about, like, some idiot online about, like, how Star Wars is for boys or whatever, or, like, whatever, and just being like, you know, if it wasn't for Princess Leia, like, Han and Luke would not have made it out of the Death Star to begin with. It's mm. like, that of how much that she is, like, firing the guns, that she is the one that's, like, saving their butts. She puts the plot in motion. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of like, and then of course, and of course girls love Star Wars as well. Like, it's just so silly of like, yes. of, of you've got this badass princess that, that, yeah, it's not like this, just this damsel in distress, you know? Uh, yeah. So Carrie Fisher will be great in yeah. this. Would love. Uh, but let's move on to Perry White. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Jackie Cooper and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? We don't get a ton of Jackie Cooper. We don't. In this film. And, and that's the thing. I, because as far as you know, you've not seen any other super I have not. man films of this Correct. quartet. And I haven't either. So I believe he shows up in other films as well. I, but I, so I can't speak to anything beyond just this one movie. I don't know. I thought like, um, another actor that I like from this era ish would be like Martin Balsam, who's was in psycho, you know, uh, he's great. Arbogast. Arbogast. He's just very similar. Kind of like no nonsense, barking orders at people, you know? Right. And then we've got, we've gotten more recently. It's Lawrence Fishburne. Who's great. And Frank Langella, I think was in the Superman returns one. Who's also Mm -hmm. really good. I mean, Lawrence Fishburne, especially love. They're all great. That was my one thought. Cause I was like, I don't know. Like he's, he's good. But also there's like not so much of him that I'm like, it needs a Shakespearean actor to end. The yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just need someone that's just kind of pounding the desk and just like, I want, you know, this Superman. It's, it's a little just more of a not as bananas version of J. Jonah Jameson of like, let me pictures of Spider-Man. Exactly. It's just, I need an interview with Superman. Where does he eat, Ted? Wait, wait. What does he like to do, Susan? <laughs> what What's his favorite baseball team, Clark? Yeah, and Clark is oh, like, well. oh, wait, well, it's, oh, oh never mind. <laughs> oh, you uh, know, I shouldn't right. answer that. Right, I... At, during for a 1978 version, I would also be interested in a Sidney Poitier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and made today. I mean, Lawrence Fishburne's so good, but if we got to replace him, um, I wouldn't be mad about a John Goodman pounding the desk mm-hmm. trying to learn about Superman. Classic. A Morgan Freeman, I would be really down for. Always. Or a Nick Offerman. It's like you know, I, oh, yes. I let's get Nick Offerman to some of these superhero movies. Like he can be something. He's got the range. He's got the range. He's got the chops. Uh, as for the actors who were actually considered Jack Klugman of 12 Angry Men mm-hmm, and TV, mm-hmm. the TV version of The Odd Couple is what I know yeah. him best from, uh, was the first choice, but he turned it down at the last minute. He was also in the middle in 1978 of 148 episodes of Quincy M.E., which oh. I never saw a minute of. Nor but I was like, I. oh, yeah, that's what he was doing for oh, many, many years. Uh, then Ed Asner was considered oh. love. He That's just, fun. Yeah, he had just finished Mary Tyler Moore show in 77 and was in the middle of the spinoff, Lou Grant. So he was probably busy with that, but mm-hmm. love the idea of cantankerous Ed Asner. Yes. Uh, and ding, 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 Martin Balsam was me? 
considered. Of all the random actors to suggest, <laughs> I was like, you know who I could see really doing a good job? That Martin Balsam. But he would be great. He'd be great. Uh, Eli Wallach of you know, sure. Good, Bad, and Ugly and everything was considered. Walter Matthau was considered. Oh, and that's, that's what I want. Textbook. Textbook grump. I'm thinking about him and Charade. He's one of the titular grumpy old men. He <laughs> sure is. <laughs> Uh, I don't even remember Walter Matthau and Charade. He is, is he one of the, the he is the guy who he's like talking to Audrey Hepburn. Like you gotta go follow this guy's really uh, doing this, doing that, and then oh, he's the doing this, doing that guy. <laughs> he's he's the, yeah yeah yeah. I, I gotcha, I gotcha. I'd only seen Charade the one time with you, uh, which I'm, I'm due for a revisit. I'd love to rewatch. Oh, Charade. it's so fun, George Kennedy. Yes, um, other people. I mean, Cary Grant and Audrey, Audrey Hepburn, Hepburn yes. to begin with. Uh, Jason oh Robards was Ugh. considered for Perry White. Now we're just back in, in all the president's men territory. Now we're just back in an embarrassment of riches territory. Right? Uh, Lawrence Tierney was considered, who I really primarily know from Reservoir Dogs and from this one episode of The Simpsons, just from the story about it, where he's like was a nightmare to get like this three hours of of a uh, like of a dialogue of of, of a, a session of a dialogue recording session mm-hmm. where he's just like a bananas person he's also i believe the guy that he guested on seinfeld and like tr- tried to like smuggle a knife like he's just like a wow. bananas person uh from everything that i've heard of lawrence tierney but in 1978 i had to mention this instead of doing perry white and superman he was in a movie called the plants are watching are they According to this film, the synopsis, Lori believes that it's possible to communicate with plants via telepathy and devotes all her time and love to them. Her plants do warn her of her sister Rhea's new boyfriend, Robert. When Lori's found dead on the street under her balcony one morning, Rhea doubts that it was an accident. Only a plant was witnessed that night. So she tries to find a way to learn the truth from it. Well, you know, they say there's no new ideas under the sun, and they're wrong. Now, this plant, is this plant Audrey, too? Is this a, like a little little shop of horrors situation? I don't situation? know. It, it sounds like it's telepathy, so I don't think it's singing and being a puppet. It could still be singing in the mind. It could, it, if you can make poetry in your mind like Lois Lane That's does, so then true. a plant could sing in its mind. Yeah, can Gosh, you read my it. mind? Can you help me find the man who did kill Just my sister? Just talking to this Venus flytrap? Like, I, I was like, what? is this movie the plants are watching the plants wow. are out there uh don't no idea no idea uh eddie albert of green acres fame and roman holiday amongst other things mm. tentatively agreed to the part then demanded more money and with filming of perry due to start the next day a frantic search for a replacement actor resulted in this actor keenan win uh probably best known for dr strange love is colonel colonel guano mm-hmm. uh he accepted the part and then after a long flight the 61 year old was rushed to the studio for screen tests <gasps> oh, and afterwards they rushed to the hospital i was like no well afterwards oh. complained of chest pains oh, and no. rushed to the hospital and collapsed from extreme exhaustion oh so, my goodness <laughs> i believe he was okay but yeah he 
Then Jackie Cooper, who was originally cast as Otis, the Ned Beatty part, was oh. cast as Perry instead. Because they're like, seems, we need someone because we have to yeah, film these scenes now. These scenes now. Because so much of the Gene Hackman stuff, you, like clearly you could do this on your... Yeah. I mean, because they're very different sets. Later so on your own. Right. There's no there's crossover so between Gene extras, Hackman and, the, and, you know, Mario Kidder and all them. All those news desk scenes, you've like, we've got so many right. people on this set. It, yeah. It's so oh, hard to for you to picture him as Otis. Because Ned Beatty has such a delightful, for like... Sure where he looks kind of like a live action looney tune come to life and uh-huh. like the faces that he's pulling is i would not would not be out of place on a porky pig <laughs> that's so true so true um or some put upon muppet um but this guy jackie cooper is so who i keep wanting to be, be like jackie coogan charlie chaplin's the kid uh, i just jackie keep thinking cooper. like i'm so hard to look like jackie cooper <laughs> superman like jackie super uh but let's move on to jor l amy joe thoughts on that marlon brando and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else i mean i liked that he went full shakespearean with it i do wonder also if they hadn't gone with such a big actor if we could have gotten through this faster yeah all those elders and stuff a lot of those are like famous british theater guys uh which was kind of fun like um that were all the big heads and everything yeah but um i don't know i i'm just gonna run through my three thoughts um who are all i think very different actors but similar um would give a similar like status and vibe richard burton james earl jones Mm. richard harris yeah all people who are like, I command authority and my voice is gorgeous. Yeah. And then, you know, but I, I also I'm like, I don't I don't need that. But I do like what I do like about also them wearing their like reflective gear. You know, I like. Yes, their how outfits made out of like space blankets. I it truly what a nightmare that must have been to film like because it's, the, it's so their faces are so dimly lit. Yeah, because they can't because they're the wearing outfits and this white wig they put on him. They just reflect so much light that I. Yeah, it it looks really, really off. The color balance is, is uh, uh, not there. Um, but I do appreciate how starkly it contrasts with I keep saying Kansas with wherever Smallville is, you know, it just is so. The color is so lush in in those scenes with the, you know, with all the the wheat and then there's them in the old car that they're driving up in. And it's just so like it's like the inverse of Oz. You know what I mean? Like suddenly, like suddenly the American Midwest is this like saturated yeah. beautiful warm place of hope after being in these seti set sets so, in krypton boy are we ever in a set the <sighs> the pole looks like that could be a set <laughs> which i love yeah it does make it so much more striking like when we are like on the streets of new york yeah. and we're just like in these wheat fields in kansas or where they film the midwest yeah. scenes it, like the, the, the realism that you get there compared to when you're looking at like a very clear like teeny tiny town that gets like destroyed by the earthquake at the end where you're like this is oh my gosh that's right we're like model, my model I village it. i miss it i missed miss all the model work that we used to have in films <laughs> oh. um and yeah, I think Brando's fine. I mean, it's Brando, but he is, he's phoning it in. There's like the moments that I think are really good, but so much of it just feels like he's just reading the dialogue. You know, it reminded me cars. a bit of, we watched Zardoz recently for the sure first did. time. And it, like, that that was the thing that I was saying to you after we watched this. I was like, you know, I'm so glad we recently watched Zardoz because it also helped put something like this, which is much better made, into right. the perspective and context of what a sci-fi fantasy action superhero film in the 70s 
when what they were when interested the, when money in? is so important yeah of like when your budget when the budget's just not there and you're trying to do a sci-fi film that's and it that's when everything falls apart it doesn't matter how good your ideas are if you're like trying to reach to beyond your means like yeah. you, and you can have like a low budget sci-fi that you just got to be aware like you don't have the money for but these just, sets and just costumes. thinking about like what they're clearly that just where where everyone's head was at at that point in time like there's so many similarities with the way it's like we are sort of aliens ageless beings and so we talk like this and everything is sort of metaphysical and so advanced you know it's just very interesting seeing it compared to that and feeling like there's a lot more similarities than i would have ever assumed you know and i think we (laughs) really get that with they cast a prestige actor in this fancy role yeah it's very true uh other than brando or your picks because i love all your picks uh i'd like a yule brenner i think would be really cool as jor-el uh and made I, it's Mark Brando is so wild. I thought the voice he was doing sounded so much like Anthony Hopkins to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, who's so good as Odin in those Thor films? But like, I could also see like also would have been a, an amazing Jor El at some point. Yeah, he was young, a bit young at here. that point. Yeah. But it's also like, I mean, he's a baby. You had a baby. Like, how old That's does Jor El need to be? Jor El can just be. It's kind of. That's true. It's kind of interesting to have someone then like cast someone who's like the same age as your Clark Kent is. Who you know the idea of like now he's older yeah. than his father lived to be you know mm-hmm. there's something there as well yeah. I mean that first uh, rebooted Star Trek film you've got Chris Hemsworth is Chris Pine's dad because oh. he like dies it's an amazing it's like the open that 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 movie to me the opening is the best part because it's just this like a short film with chris hemsworth having to like save the day and sacrifice his life while he's on the intercom with his wife who's giving birth to chris pine oh i know but it's done so beautifully and you're like who's this guy and then, then he became you know chris hemsworth right then he became a chris um <laughs> one of the chris says uh but yeah and then yeah anthony hopkins or of course patrick stewart give me that piece to oh the old piece the real shakespearean actor one of the sirs one of the sirs yeah brando was paid 3.7 million dollars plus a percentage of the gross for 12 days of shooting wow and uh, he's you know it's brando the first day on set he suggested to richard donner to roll the cameras during rehearsal and he said like who knows we might get lucky when it's just because he he's notorious for like he's notoriously lazy and Christopher Reeve complained about it in interviews, saying Brando was phoning it in and it shows. He had suggested at one point to Donner, and some were like, well, he's just trying to mess with you because he doesn't know. He's trying to test your boundaries as a director to see, like, what can he get away with, like, or whatever. But of, like, pitched, like, well, no one knows what a Kryptonian looks like. They could be, like, a green bagel. As if to, like, well, what if it was a green bagel? What if there were some bagels and, and I, I could just, just do a do voice? <laughs> I could just do VO. You're like, we're not paying you $4 million to be in VO. Yeah. You're going to get in this wig and you're going to like it. You're going to like it. Uh, this I love this bit of trivia. Carrie Elwes worked <gasps> as a production assistant whose job it was to bring Marlon Brando out of his trailer every day. As and Brando had little incentive to leave his trailer, according to Elvis in an interview. So uh, he was con- it was work to get him just oh to gosh. get him onto the set. And he refused to call Elvis by his name, choosing instead to refer to the then teenager as Rocky. So is it just Brando? Is he still just have a vendetta against Stallone? That oh he's my now gosh. just and any any young little buck that I don't like, I'm just gonna call them Rocky. Even though he's like this young, quiet Englishman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't know. Don't know. Wow. Uh, so three other actors that I found up for the role of Joel, Paul Newman. That makes more sense. Once again, offered four million dollars, wow. had his pick of Superman, or he could be Joel, which I'm down for. 
I like the idea. I like the idea yeah. more as that than, I mean, him as Clark Kent would, sure, but it kind of needs to be like, he's been working at the Daily Planet. He's been here for a while. Yeah, he's, he can't, can't be, be like new, fresh face, yeah. the new guy. Charlton Heston was considered. That makes total sense. I totally get that. Get Moses in there. Get get me a Moses. Uh, and Orson Welles was offered the role, which feels similar to Brandon. I was about like, to say, if get you, the prestige. you were talking about the Green Bagel, and I was like, oh, just do an Orson Welles VO situation. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but let's move on to Eve Tessmacher, old Lex Luthor's henchwoman, bit of a sex pot henchwoman, but who just is just loves her mom and Hackensack and helps save the day in the end because of it. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Valerie Perrine and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Okay, so I leaned over to you when she came on screen and I was like, where do you think I know her from? And you went, uh, fairytale theater. And I said, ring a ding ding. It's either fairytale theater or murder. She wrote. Exactly. Um, uh, I think she's, she's delightful. She's daffy and funny. You know, I think she's very fun. Yeah. I think she totally executes the qualifications, uh, very deftly. And she's, yeah, she's, she's really silly. I really like it. This is a very Amy Jo Jackson role. Oh yeah. Um, so if I had to cast someone else, I'd start with myself. Love it. Um, then if not me, uh, maybe, uh, they, uh, these people all could have done it at the time. Um, Goldie Hawn, Perfect. like a young Daffy sex pot. Yeah. Come on. Done. Uh, Pam Greer, mm. um, who I don't know quite how like funny she is, but I feel like, you know, yeah. have, for, from seeing Jackie Brown, it's like there's, she's definitely like handles comedy. I don't know about anything this broad, but like, I'd be interested. Same. Um, and then someone who I know quite well does broad daffy comedy, Terry Gar. Oh, yeah. Amazing. So those are my thoughts. I love all that. Yeah, I was like made earlier. I want Gene Hagen. I want oh, the, the full Lena Lamont yes. from Singing in the Rain. That is this is a role in the vein yeah. of Lena Lamont. Yeah. Uh and she'd be I think I guess maybe a little younger, maybe not, but Ellen Green was also I oh, was just yeah. picturing just picturing her in Little Shop of Horror like, "Oh yes, doctor, just of how she, her relationship to like, yes, Mr. Luther." Mm-hmm. Uh while still being, you know, this amazing like sex pot character uh or get me Joan Cusack made a little later get Joan, Joan, Joan in there Joan how did I not see it as for the actors who were actually considered ding 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 director's first choice Goldie Hawn but she asked for too much money which mm-hmm. it's uh she's got an Oscar at that yeah, point at that this point, is uh, far down on the cast list yes it is for old Miss Tessmacher Christopher Reeves is like fifth build I think he's third build. Third build. He's but he's after the title. He's after the title. It's like yeah, it's uh, Marlon Brando top building, then Gene Hackman, the title, then Christopher Reeve, and then the rest. I believe is in alphabetical yeah. order. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's too small of a role for Goldie for Hawn. Sure. But she'd be she would crush unless it. you're willing to crush pay her a lot it. of money to come in and be like you know a name in a small role. You know, very true. Yeah, she's if it's just about the money. If it's not like no, I need to have a splash. I need more to do. If it's well, you literally have to, just yeah, the money, then, do it yeah. either way. If it's like you know, it's not a big part, but like we want it's you to also come an in an ensemble like really... film. You know, yeah, but, but also... she's good at playing in an ensemble situation. You know, oh, absolutely. But that's why it's so crazy that we don't get to Metropolis until forty-eight minutes because it still feels like such an ensemble film at that point. It's like now we have long stretches with no Superman, where we're just hanging out with. Lex Luthor, Otis, and Tessmacher. Yeah. And it's like, where's Superman? Where's anybody? Uh, and if we got to them quicker, then I think the ensemble fear, the ensemble feel would uh, just flow better. I agree. For me personally. Uh, and Margaret. <gasps> oh, that's approached. really fun. Yeah. And then negotiations broke down over salary, which I, that, that all makes thing. sense. Is you're getting She's too Anne big of an Margaret. actor. Yeah. 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 But 
she'd be great. Yeah. Natalie Wood was considered. I see that. I'm not obsessed with it. Same, same. And Jessica Lange, once again, turned it down. And I looked, she'd only done King Kong at this point. And then all that jazz was the next year. was her second film. Which makes sense if it's like, you know, King Kong, it's like, oh, here's another blockbustery type film here. You want to play like an even smaller part in another blockbuster? I'm a prestige actor. So let me hold out for all that jazz and be like, let me show you some real acting chops. This is what I'm going to do with my career is act. Yeah, which she keeps doing. Yes. And she's so, so good at uh and i mean i guess i i do like her more for lois lane than as, i do too than as tess mocker uh but let's move on to ma kent not a ton of screen time uh but i think she's so good at what we get uh your thoughts on phyllis thaxter and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else yeah i think she's wonderful i think she really just like she's pretty heartbreaking in all of the yeah. like glimpses we have with her I, yeah her and glenn ford make so much out of such so much such a small amount of screen time they really like root you immediately in the place and we immediately get like i mean and partially is that that first scene between the two of them is really tightly written you know so we get a lot of information quickly right. but it doesn't feel expository because it feels like they're so lived in with each other yeah um yeah i think she's so good my one other thought Someone who is, uh, I think, the same age as Francis Bay, who was in fairy tale theater. <laughs> in Which fairy tale theater was she? She was in Little Red Riding Hood. She was the grandmother. And so oh. we saw her in Twins. She plays the nun oh. who was like, well, he wow. was here. Right. But anyway, right. so I thought her. Previous she's... episode, Twins. Yeah, check it out. Uh, true. Yeah, I was like, at this time, I was like, because uh, I was like, she's so good. I was like, if you have someone else, I don't know, uh, get me in Estelle Parsons. It's such a teeny tiny Always role. She's got an Oscar. She Parsons. wouldn't do it, but why not? And in general, I mean, it's so silly to me. Diane Lane has been playing Ma Kent as, and they're just aging her up and it's just like i mean i get it but it's giant lane would have been a great lois lane at some point that's very true um i'm like what about a sissy spacek like oh, today like i just yeah. want to cast like older actors yeah. they're still working and i'm like i mean now she's 90 so it's much older but in earlier years uh, lois smith is also <sighs> someone that i would have i think would be such a beautiful so beautiful mockhead acting um the uh, the actor the one actor that I saw, which is why we had to talk about this, who was considered was Joan Crawford, what? but was ill at the time. And I looked at, like she died in 1977. So oh, wow. I, that she might have died yeah. like, while they were trying to court her for the part. Random. Well, person. she was doing a lot of her career by the end was oh, sure. also like a lot of like whatever catches catch can. Fair enough. You know? Fair enough. But it's just of what what films i've seen joan crawford in it's yeah i just don't think yes the rural ma kent well yeah no but she also like i'm i'm thinking of some of the she did play some like famously some mother characters and as we know saw herself as a mother um i mean she was yeah uh but yeah it's it's interesting. She did. She did do. I think Ma some what, dearest. Ma dearest. Ma Kent dearest. Oh boy. Ma <laughs> to my Kent darling dearest. boy Clark. <laughs> I there. I think she did do some western stuff later on. I'm I'm not as up on my Joan oh, later okay. Joan Crawford as I should be, but she did. I think do some western. She's like a western serial, like a like a. Oh, I don't disbelieve it. It's just surprising from the films and what I know of Joan, oh, Cus- sure. of Joan Crawford to <laughs> Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack. <laughs> always, always Joan Cusack. In 1954, she starred in the Western Johnny Guitar, 
And although unsuccessful during its original release, it's been since been mm-hmm. lauded. Okay. Um, she apparently made her last theatrical film in 1970. Right. And then did a lot of like radio right. spots and that sort of thing. Was that the Trog or? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I it was like some like ridiculous, it's like either her last or one of her last films. This is like ridiculous yeah, horror film. Probably. It says following a public appearance in 1974, she withdrew from events that required her to be photographed, mm. becoming increasingly reclusive until her death in 1977. She didn't want to be seen as, you know, yeah. older. And also if she was ill, that makes sense too. Yeah. She's like, she's I, Ill. particularly like for a film star of that era. I mean, for a lot of people, but particularly for someone who came up through the studio system when like that was how it was done. It's like my image like because joan crawford also wasn't a real name you know like like cary grant like it was a cultivated image that like she had to work to maintain it's like i get it if she's like no 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 i'm not even if it's like a big thing i'm not gonna go out and do that and kind of like maybe in her mind like destroy all the years of of her previous work which is a really toxic way we think about aging but you know it's very true this is very true uh but let's move on to zod uh, we don't get much of him in this film and neither of us have seen Superman 2. So we cannot speak to how Terrence Stamp uh, gross. We only get a little brief bit of him in this film. Uh, but I always love Terrence, seeing Terrence Stamp and things. Uh, what were your thoughts on him? And if you had to cast someone else, if you got any strong, strong opinions. Um, I think he's just great. I think he does. F- wow. Great. I mean, actually, he did a strong enough job that I did think that that's how plot was. He was going to come back. You yeah. know, um, here's what I've written. I don't care. Fair enough. Um, I don't <laughs> it, truly. It matters more later. So uh, some British person, some British person, indeed. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Also, Anthony Hopkins at this point or uh, Malcolm yes. McDowell is oh, like, yeah, Malcolm. Um, the one other actor who was considered was Christopher Lee, which never mad about it. Never, never mad about never. Christopher Lee showing up for that gravitas. Oh, I love that. Um, which I do love. Uh, but yes, from everything I've heard of Superman 2, Terrence Stamp is supposed to be real good as that Zod. I we of course got a another zod in these recent superman films with michael shannon who i love michael shannon but his performance was a lot of yelling and in a muscle suit oh dear um, but that's also the script of what they had for him to do for sure um and finally we gotta talk about that lex luthor lex luthor joe your thoughts on gene hackman and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else i had a hard time knowing what of this was gene hackman's fault and what of it was the writing you know like it's not bad like he's he's fine but i you know it's it's partially just like feels like who is this guy and what's his deal you know it's very broad very in a way that does feel like you had hackman for x amount of days he showed up and was like i don't really know what the the deal yes. is with this i'm gonna commit but i don't care i, I could i could so see someone trying i could see some like you know the the comic book dramaturg on set trying to explain okay well here in the comics so lex luther actually would is more of like this and be like listen listen guy my guy uh i don't care i've got i got tea off in, in an hour i like, could also see it that like he watched like the batman tv show or uh, in his youth and listened yeah, to I the radio shows, one of the big you know? like things is that adam west cartoon that this is closer this is not as campy as that was by any stretch of the imagination but is closer to that than yeah like and most certainly superhero films we have today a closer era wise like that's what was yeah. the, you know and so how broad were these radio things that he probably would have been listening to as a kid you know so i, I think part of that was like what context was he bringing to it? You know, that, so I, I don't know. I mean, I love Gene Hackman. I don't think he embarrasses himself in this at all, but I don't think no. it is what it 
could be. But I do also think that's partially just like the tone is off. And I think some of that's the writing. Right. I think they got a great big name actor for it. But I, I do think that it does similar to how in hook of seeing Dustin Hoffman with Bob Hoskins, that they're both in the same world world. Yep. And they, that Dustin Hoffman is like, I'm not always crazy about him, but I do think that he fully commits and it feels like Gene Hackman isn't fully committed. Yes. He's, he's, he's fully, gotta, he's fully committed to doing his own thing, but it feels like it's slightly different from the world. of That the movie. I would completely agree with that. It's not like he's like, I'm too good for this, but it's like, well, this is, this is what makes sense to me. It all works, but it feels so weird coming when it's like we've seen like an hour and 15 minutes of of several very different films. It felt like the bad guys in Pete's Dragon to me. Like it felt that kind of like this is a Disney kids film Mm. kind of villain performance. So not to not to say that it's not a good villain performance, but is it for this film? That was. Yeah. So. I don't know. Um, I thought like, I don't know if he was really making movies at this point, but John Cullum, who is oh, a yeah. fabulous like stage actor as well. Like John Cullum would have been great in something like this, yes, you know, someone 100%. who is unafraid of largesse. Yeah. Um, but also like might have focused it differently. Right. And I do want to quickly say, I mean, Gene Hackman of, of leaps and bounds better than uh, the Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor that we've gotten in recent films. I haven't even seen it. And the Superman Returns Lex Luthor, which is of course he who shall not name yeah um would send him Gene to the moon. Better, better send him to the moon <laughs> superman go kick him into the kick, kick him, him into the moon, into the moon. <laughs> um i thought maybe um a martin mull um who is like can i mean he maybe is he really has more beta energy but i i don't know i think he's very funny you're yeah. looking like you once again just thinking of colonel mustard and i just go oh, i'm always going to clip i mean he's in other things as well but it's like Colonel Mustard and Clear. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, also, I just know him. He's from so many like broader comedic, you know, for sure. Gene Parmesan and. But I think that's also like, but uh, yeah, of course, you of course. know what they're. Yeah. But I, I wonder if maybe because he wasn't as big a name, if he could have played it broadly, but in more in the tone that they're all going for. I don't know. Maybe he's more of a notice. I don't know. Um, but um, then I thought if this were made a little later, like Phil Hartman would have been a really oh fun Lex Luthor. I, <laughs> I love it. Like. <laughs> deranged but like th- this is a comic role yeah the way it is yeah. written in this script is it as a comedic you're right villain this version yes it is that he that's what I, that's what it is like i want i want the john lithgow as there we go as yeah. Lex luther with, with him just being like yes like oh like that's the guy that like i'm the smartest man in the world it's like damn it why did i trust these buffoons by my exactly. side exactly it is someone who camp i need camp, gene, camp. Hackman and gene hackman can do comedic he's playing broad comedy but, but not camp. camp yeah and that's what this is missing is the camp yes. he's got all, right, all these various d- different toupees that he keeps switching out on his head he's swimming it's in a campy. pool mock-up of it's grand camp. central station and i love hackman but he's not camp that's no exactly but right. phil hartman right. phil hartman i phil think could, could lived and breathed lived and camp. breathed it yeah um so those were those were my th- thoughts i don't know i mean i feel like there's so many people who would be a great lex right. luther even in this tone right. but yeah i was kind of interested in like a donald sutherland oh, around yeah, this time yeah um, yeah along with the people wanting william jackson harper as superman they also say 
why don't we get Giancarlo Esposito as Lex Luthor? And he voices Lex Luthor, I believe, on the Harley Quinn show. Oh. Uh, he was always great. It's like, yeah. yes, I want them. Brian Cranston was rumored before they got Jesse Eisenberg. That's, also a, that's a big glow up in Jesse Eisenberg. Well, come on. Uh, and I'm like, what about a Samuel Jackson? I was just thinking of actors who are traditionally bald. Like, I kind of like the idea of Samuel <laughs> Jackson, our representation for bald actors. <laughs> Better uh, than Bruce Willis. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, I cannot imagine. See, Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis trying to do this. Oh, the dumps. It, yes, the dumps. The dumps indeed. Uh, yeah, Gene Hackman was initially reluctant to take the role you as think? he felt it would have damaged his reputation as a serious actor. So I think it's also couched in that, that it is yeah. like, I can't fully commit to being like the camp version of this because yeah. I don't want to look silly. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's a bit of that. Yeah. He also initially refused to cut off his mustache to play Lex Luthor because at this point of time, Hackman rocking the stash. Mm-hmm. And in early one sheets of the movie, his face is featured with a mustache. So before the director, Richard Donner, and Hackman met face to face, Donner proposed to Hackman that if he would cut his mustache, Donner would also cut his own. And Hackman agreed. So they met and Hackman had shaved and Richard Donner still had a mustache. And Hackman was like, what the heck? And Donner peeled it off because <gasps> he never had a mustache. He just had a fake <gasps> mustache. No. <laughs> <laughs> no what a burn i never wore a mustache hackman you fool you should have just shown up as though you had shaved what a what a way to establish trust uh, well to establish like i'm the director <laughs> that's true establish dominance oh, oh it's awful uh dustin hoffman turned down lux luther that which makes I, more sense i yes. see it i certainly see it more than him as clark kent I kind of oh, I kind of dig, dig it with him. He's, as Lex he's funny. Hoffman's he can do the funny. Camp. Hoffman can do the camp. Yes, we've seen it. And Paul Newman, once again, he had his pick. Four million dollars to play Clark Kent, Jorel, or Lex Luthor. I'm into him playing Lex Luthor. I like it. I guess. I can't. I don't see it. I love Newman. I love Newman. I think I love him best as Jorel. I agree. I think he'll be the most like Paul Newman, and now he's sending his child away, and now he's this lava planet is falling on him. Oh, oh no. no. Uh, I like this. George Kennedy was considered. Okay. See, I love George Kennedy. Yeah. That works for me. That's, That's someone who was like, I will be scary and I'm funny. And he can do the camp. He's doing, he does the, yes. one of those naked gun movies. George Kennedy can do broad. George Kennedy, great in charade. Has like a weird um, like hook for a hand type thing. Like that, this is a campy performance, you know? I like this. Jack Nicholson was considered. That is what I'm talking about. Of course, you know, playing the Joker in that first Tim yes. Burton Batman movie. He was apparently considered again to play Lex Luthor in a 90s Superman project. And I'm like, is this the one that would have had Travolta? Would have been Travolta as Superman and Jack Nicholson as Lex Luthor? That is a scenery. This th- Those sets no are sets annihilated. Left. They've chewed them all. <laughs> munch, munch, munch. Um, and finally... Love this option. Gene Wilder was considered. I love it. I was thinking of Gene Wilder a lot watching this. And I was like, is it because they were in Bonnie and Clyde together? And we watched that recently. Or is it because Gene he's wearing got wigs? That curly, curly that, hair. I know. I was like, is it the wig? <laughs> like, but you know yeah. what I love? It's Gene Wilder. I love Gene Wilder. And I love the, the idea of like villainous Gene Wilder. Um, Cause I had just gone back. Cause what I was thinking when I was thinking of Donald Sutherland, I was just watching some clips on YouTube of, start the revolution without me mm-hmm. with the two of them where gene wilder because they're they're playing like twins and like one is the more villainous so gene wilder is doing the like i'm a bit of like the snide like villain type i'm like oh yeah which i never got which i would have 
or maybe we, we see did. The darkness in Willy of, Wonka, you know. That's true. The, that, but like to that, see like full, the full villain, a full heel turn. Yeah. I'm sure we did get in some movies, but not in a movie as big as Superman no, the no, movie. No, uh, so I kind of love that idea. Yeah, me too. Uh, so those were all the characters that I found other casting options for. There are a few characters we didn't mention, so we want to briefly touch on them. We've kind of talked about them both, but mainly it's Ned Beatty as Otis and Glenn Ford as Pa Kent. I think both killer, Crush. killer work. Glenn Ford. I'm sitting there watching it. I'm like, I know this actor. Who is this actor? And look at him. I was like, oh, it's Glenn Ford. I'm just not used to seeing him this right. l- late in his life. Um Man, just what a beautiful use of of an actor, and and he, I think he's just magnificent. And then yeah, Ned Beatty, very funny, such great clown work, such great clown work, very consistent. I feel like he and Valerie Perrine are in the same movie. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think they're very funny together. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I he was making me laugh. He's making me laugh with this Otis Land replacing on the map for you that know, was, going through all the that areas was of California. Funny. It's like ah, oh, like Lutherville, like Luther this Otis Land. Otis Land. It's like, oh, come on, Mr. Luther, come on. <laughs> Miss Tessmark has got her on play. I just thought. Yeah, I, I really like that. I, or, yeah, you know, uh, you, you Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis as your Otis and Ellen Green as your uh, Miss Tessmacher. And uh, uh, Vincent Gardenia as Lex Luthor. Your hey. Mr. Mushnick as Lex Luthor. Or Steve Martin. I was about Steve to say, Martin as or Lex Steve Luther. Martin as Lex For Luthor? Kind of, yeah. For this broad of a film, like, I think he, but he's also not afraid to go where it needs to go. Yeah, I kind of want that. All right, now I'm into it. Now I'm into it. Uh, all right. And, and, you know, the plants and the plants are watching and the plants are listening <laughs> that whole time. Uh, all right. Final thoughts, Amy Joe. anything we haven't touched on, any characters or moments? Just a couple things. One, um, I, I did think that the accent and the wig of on Brando made me go, oh, I would have been very interested in like a 70s Brando in Dangerous Liaisons. I'm like, oh, 70s or like yeah, the late 60s. Mm. Like, I'm like, ooh, that as him as Valmont. Him as Valmont. I'm into it, you know? <laughs> I um, could see that. And then, um, okay, there's the sequence where the helicopter, the whole helicopter sequence. Yes. It's the first time. The city is seeing Superman. We know this because suddenly all the newspapers are talking about him. Like, yeah. so we know this is the first time. Why is not one person in the crowd going, what is happening? Like, no one is like, oh my goodness, a flying person. There's like, hey, he's flying. Like, but it's all up. It's all like, well, isn't that interesting? And not like, there's no one having a nervous breakdown in the crowd because like, there's no one going, I don't understand what I'm seeing with my eyes. Well, these people also see this helicopter that is precariously bound and is about to fall down and they are like underneath underneath it, it, looking up. It's like these are the people that choose to sit underneath the chandelier of Phantom of the Opera. Uh, There's that one couple that's like, okay, yeah. move back. I was like, yeah, you think? Yeah, so I don't think these people, I think these people are just dumb. The citizens of Metropolis are dummies. Uh, so they see Superman, they're like, oh, hey, flying man. That's I guess pretty cool. Man. Pretty cool. Wow, that helicopter might fall on me. <laughs> these are dumb people. I suppose so I just don't think that they're, you know. In this world, we're used to something a little weirder. Yeah, it's just a little, it's a more heightened world. I understood that's the what I was supposed to take away from him. But like several of the other things in this movie, I was like, I need, I needed a one little connective. One person absolutely losing their mind. Just, one person. Just one, or one person to go like, what? How is he flying? Like just even that, and I would like a little loop group situation, a little ADR, I, and I would have been I like, I could have done with even just I, which I thought we were going to get when he's res- rescuing Lois. I thought we were going to get one person be like, what is that up there? Like, look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's 
It's some kind of man. It's some kind, some of, kind of Superman. Superman. I could. I want it, your movie's already campy. It's like let's let's lean, ha- in. lean in even further. Then I'll end with this. Uh, the cinematographer Jeffrey Unsworth. First of all, shout out to him because this movie shot gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. He believes that at one point during filming, when he plugged a spotlight into a lamppost, that he is the cause. Of the infamous blackout of 1977. Are you kidding me? He thinks it might be him. <laughs> that is hysterical. Well, you've got a lot, you know. A lot of light going on the grid. A lot, lot, going, on, lot going on in the grid. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wowie, wowie, wow. Amy Joe. Jeff, what are you recommending this week? Well, I wasn't going to recommend this, but because I talked about it, I'm going to recommend 1984's American Dreamer starring Tom Conte and Joe Beth Williams. It is like so silly, but really fun. And it's a very good time. Great performances. Um, And yeah, it's like a comedic send up of all these like heists and thriller movies. Now that movie, that movie's camp. Oh, uh, yes. It's, it's phenoms. Anyway, you can, I've looked it up. Um, I, of course, have a VHS and a DVD of it, but you can get it on Voodoo. Uh, you can rent it on Prime and you can rent it on Apple TV. So um, for a reasonable $2.99, you can indulge in some delightful sights of Paris and some fun zany antics and there is a fabulous 1980s shopping montage where she like she wakes up in the hospital she's like I can't be seen wearing this I'm Rebecca Ryan and so then she goes on a shopping montage she's at Dior she's at like she's everywhere and she comes out and it's like was it ever the 80s baby um so if that's what you're needing in your life please check out American Dreamer the 1984 version I'm so happy you're recommending it me too Jeff me too what are you recommending uh well similarly because I just talked about it I I definitely recommend checking out Start the Revolution Without Me it's Gene Wilder and Donald Sutherland both playing two sets of identical twins one like aristocrats and one like these uh peasants who exchange identities on the eve of the french revolution it's so fun it's so funny mm-hmm. uh and i'd only seen it like a few years ago and had never heard of it so it's a little hard to find but it, once again it's you can rent it off amazon or mm-hmm. voodoo or um most places i guess that you can rent films uh so definitely strongly recommend checking out it's, it's so incredible fun. so so such a delight uh start the revolution without me and that's what we're recommending this week. Da, da, da. So thank you again to John for requesting Superman you, the John. movie. And uh, if you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of, email us at andalmoststarring@gmail.com and let us know. If you'd like to know what film we're going to do the following week, or if you just want to keep up with our hilarious antics on social media, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at andalmoststarring. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred.